Hello, everyone, and welcome to State of the Realm, your weekly Final Fantasy XIV podcast. This week, we're talking about Eureka. Yep, don't turn the show off just yet, because we have some good things to say, and we'll be sure to share the things that we don't like about it as well. We'll be talking about Hydatos proper, as well as the public dungeon, the Valdesian Arsenal, which has been completed by both North American and Japanese groups at this moment. Sorry, Europe, but Chaos had other plans for you. Anyway, I am one of your hosts, Michael, Mr. Happy Pogo, of course, joining me is Sly, a.k.a. Sly the Fox, a.k.a. Sly, a.k.a. Gray Fox, a.k.a. you, my boy, Blue. How you doing? I am doing pretty good. Um, I'm not as, I'm not as like, sleep-deprived as you, but, because I, I just took it casually, of course, but, um, again, um, early congratulations before we get the show started to you and our guest. Yes, and uh, our guest is the next thing. Ethis was supposed to be on this show, but uh, he's sick right now, so he had to pass. So very last minute, I went into Elysium and asked if anyone wanted to. And so we have a guest who you may recognize. He's been on Mog Talk many times. He was also someone streaming the world first clear for the Baldessian Arsenal, or I guess presumably the world first clear for Baldessian Arsenal. And that is our resident Black Mage Master, Sphia who makes me want to play Black Mage, but I, I, I think about it and I go, nah, nah. <laughs> that seems to be most people's approach to it. Yeah. Yeah. So how you doing, Sphere? Really good. Really good. I feel oh, like man. today I've had the weight of the world off my shoulders after finally getting it done. I slept so damn well last night. Oh, yeah. I know, I know yeah. that feeling. I know that feeling as well. Uh, thank you again for very last minute agreeing to Thanks. be on the show. Literally went to FC Not chat, asked Layla, even asked Fold. For Sly's sake. Yeah. But he wasn't there. It almost happened. One day. One day. I keep saying the birthday. July 3rd or whenever we had the show that week, which is the first week of early access. Yeah, it's, it's going to happen. No, that's the day yeah. after launch. July 2nd's launch and then July 3rd's birthday. That's right. That's right. Right. Yeah. yeah. And we are doing a show on launch. So just saying. You may get what you want. You don't. You don't know. Or just, I'm just saying. When Fold is on the show, we're not putting his Twitter handle. Like we're not advertising it. He's not allowed to shout it out yet. None of that is allowed. Trust me. Are, do you really want to take a break from leveling? On well, I'll should be, be seventy. Be what are you talking about? Yeah, yeah that's <laughs> eighty. Eighty. Yeah. 80. No, we'll be all right. Yeah. Even Sphia's like, that's not a good idea. I'm not. I've never been on this show before, but like. Yeah, Smith said that in pre-show. He was like, yeah, that, that probably isn't a good idea. So, I mean, if you're not going to link his Twitter, you kind of just can't even let him talk either, to be honest. So just to have him there, <laughs> but muted the whole time. That's probably the most successful way to handle that. But don't tell him he's muted. And don't let him open <laughs> yeah. Twitch chat. I mean, like, everyone, yeah. he can't know. He just can. Yeah. yeah that's. Uh, let's just say that during Prague, you're very brave for having mics on, on the stream when we're in the same group as him. <laughs> He's he's usually pretty well behaved whenever it's something even moderately serious. So this show is very how serious. behaved was he uh, in the arsenal? Perfectly normal. Mm. Oh mm. wow! Yeah, he. Uh, yeah, you've been with him a lot, so you know. You yeah. know. Yeah. 
He's nah, trying to find. I mean, you're trying to find the right words for it. I can tell. <laughs> he's just fold. He's just fold. He's just fold. <sighs> yeah, what we always say to him. What he was was dead. But luckily today that was less of a problem. Oh, you're right. Yeah, I forgot yeah. about that. Yeah. So uh, we're going to be talking about Hydatos and the Valdesian Arsenal today. Pretty straightforward. Um, yeah. Before we do that, though, because Sly mm-hmm. made sure to call me out on it last week when I didn't do it at the start of the show, rightfully so, called me out on it. Um, we, of course, have the change to our, the change the way we do the show. This will be the last time that I say that, even though we're going to be gone for a couple weeks after this. Um, thank you to our sponsors, Steel Series. We do a giveaway for them every month. It's just free stuff. So what you need to do is go to the YouTube video, go to the description, and enter that giveaway because it's free stuff from Steel Series. And if you're interested in Steel Series stuff, until February 18th, they're actually also doing a Valentine's Day sale where on top of their discounts, my discount, Mr. Happy, less than three, will also add another 10% off. So you can get like 30, 35% off on all that stuff. So thank you. Sellout mode over. We'll be thanking our Patreon sponsors halfway through the show. Ugh. This is this exact stance is exactly how I feel during this entire show. Just like stretched back. Just, ugh. All right, we can't just talk about the Valdezian Arsenal. We we are you going to, to talk about. You have to talk about High Dados. We have to talk about Eureka as a whole because this is the finale of Eureka, and so I mean, at this point, like, no. But this, at this point, we have a complete idea of Eureka. We have a complete idea, but I feel like we kind of drilled the point with Animos Pagos. I mean, we 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 really didn't touch on it too much in Pyrus because there, I feel, it was a lot of good. And with uh, with Pagos and Animos, the the bad outweighed the good. That's why we kind of highlighted them both for as long as we possibly could. Um, this uh, this I mean, it's it. Would it be fair to say it felt, with the exception of the Arsenal, it felt like a victory lap? Yeah, I I think that's accurate. Um, on. I think it's a little bit more tedious than Pyros in terms of progression, but it might just be because Pyros has gotten buffed, so I'm kind of like thinking about the buffed Pyros versus everything else. But uh, um, it it feels like this zone is like Pyros, and they just took a little bit out and made it wide open, and then threw in the the Arsenal. Like the Arsenal, I'm treating as a completely separate entity, even though it's not for judging this. Um, right. Like, there's, there's less NMs, there's no light grind that you can do in High Dados, which we'll touch on a little bit. Thank you, Motorcycle. And uh, it's mostly about the arsenal and finishing the Relic Weapon, and maybe your Relic Armor if you did Pyros as well. I think it feels like that's the core idea here, above everything else. Directly comparing Pyros to High Dados, it really feels like High Dados is just an extra little bit on top of Pyros, as opposed to its own new thing. Uh Whereas Pagos and Animos were very separate, very, very different. And it just feels like a little bit more of Pyros. Not as as large, obviously, in terms of map size and levels that you can gain, but it's the same systems. You know what you're doing because of Pyros now. Yeah. Um, you. As soon as I saw, I, I entered, I was like, oh my god, I have all my logograms still. I wasn't sure if they were going to let <laughs> us like keep the exact same ones. Even though they kind of alluded to it, I was like, no way. Because if I go in, I'm, I already know to reflect everything. There's no way they'll let me do that. And then they let you do and it. They let you do that. Oh, they yeah. Even, they even, kind of getting ahead, they even gave you a little handy dandy island to go to if you are really feeling froggy. 
Okay, so I was there for the Pagos race just to level, which was actually really cool because it was the JP team competing against us at the same time. I say competing, but we were just trying to get us there as fast as possible. And one of the biggest complaints about Pagos was that the combat in this game is not made for 16 hours of hitting your buttons in a row. Like, you just can't do that. So what they've done now is given you one button to push every 10 seconds with Reflect. That's it. And they're very aware. A lot of people see that and they think that, oh, this is an exploit. No, they knew it. They've said as much. They knew what they were doing. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, they they wouldn't give you an island just for just for sprites just to level like they knew what they were doing that was purely intent and they all give logograms <laughs> yeah a lot of logograms a lot of logograms because i joined a party to finish i joined a party to finish um 59 to 60 and then i got to 60 and i was still in the party and while i was you know in the cutscene, all i saw was logogram 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 in the middle of cutscene, and like, <laughs> it happened every at least every three to five minutes. Logogram, logogram, logogram. Like I forgot to exit out the party, and I had to wait through the cutscene just. To I was saying, kick your ass out. You're just taking the, you're just reducing the exp they get at this point. Sly. One thing I've noticed is that they don't they reduce the exp you get with more party members from farming sprites. I wonder if it's because of the level difference. Because it's it's somewhat similar in, in the previous zones. Like if one person's a six level difference, the other one's a five, the so, the person who's different did get still get like a more, like a lot. What we noticed in, in Pagos particularly was larger party sizes it just split the EXP evenly across them all. But now sprites in Pyrus and Hydatos give you a set value, and everyone in the party gets that set value. So they've completely changed it. They've made it more, you're more incentivized to take a really large party and go farm Sprite Island as opposed to doing it solo and getting the exact same EXP, which is cool. That's a really smart change they've made. Yeah, I wish they could make that change for certain other things because uh, everyone always tries to do their camps on their own across the rest of the map. They're like, well, no, I'm here. This is mine. Hmm. They're not like, hey, why don't we just team up so you know you don't take one that I take one. Like, No one tries to compromise in any way. Everyone's just kind of... Well, I can solo it, so I will. <laughs> yep. Especially a problem yep. over on Mammoth Island up in the top left, where uh, if you can get that solo, I think I did a level and a half in 15 minutes from like 54, from like 53 to 55. I think I was like halfway through 53, and I got to 55 in like 15. Yeah, just solo. That was before anyone had like done it. Like I'd heard rumors right. about it, and then I went over and I was like, <sighs> and it was gloom weather, and there were level 58 death sprites there too. And I was like, oh. <laughs> The mother lord, yeah. <laughs> and then nighttime hit and I but, died. I feel like we, we're getting a little bit ahead. So let's let's start let's start from the beginning. Like you first arrive in Hydatos and uh you you go out, you venture out. The one thing like the one thing I guess all everybody knows, or several things. One, it's wide open. There are no elevation um, changes, no cliffs. You have to climb or anything. No, no jumping down. No walking past dragons. No choke points. No choke points. One thing I noticed even before that, and this may be because I was so traumatized by Pagos, but when you zone into Pyros, this fire one, it's snowing. 
Oh, thank and God. we got into Idaho, and there was no ice, no snow, and I was just relieved. the first weather I got was snow, though. <laughs> <laughs> just, just to rub it in my face. Yeah, the flashbacks coming back. Um, what did y'all think of the uh, the change? The change from what we've experienced thus far with like the the uh, previous iterations to this, in terms of navigation and everything you notice. Uh, Sophia, you're a guest, so I'll let you go first. It's very different, but mm-hmm. in a good way. I felt like I was really limited in Pagos and Pyros even because of the like not only the etherites but the choke points. It made it very unfun for being underleveled to try and get up. Uh, and I've just removed that now. You can get anywhere from anywhere. And that, I think, is the biggest change in terms of the layout. Yeah. Um, I share that, but I do think that maybe they went a little too far in, in one direction because the idea... Onimos, I think, is kind of the best example of a zone that has some choke points and has mostly open mm-hmm. areas at the same time. Um, I think now, having seen all the zones, the best design one is probably Onimos. Going back, uh, good variety in the in the different in the different areas. There's many different kinds of areas. It's not just even though it's a wind, you have like a rocky area over here, and you have the dark cave, the dark damp cave over here. Like you have all these different environments, and it has these different types of map layouts. It was a lot more atmospheric. Yes, I think, yes. and Hydatos loses that. Yeah. Um, being wide open is very convenient, very great, and it's part of the victory lap kind of feeling that you get from there. Because you you do buns at 50, you shouldn't be afraid to go get the treasure chest regardless of where it is on the map. Which is very different from Pagos in particular, <laughs> where it was like, <laughs> yeah, I, I don't think so. Yeah. <laughs> Forget this bunny. That's not happening. Um, so I liked it. it was, I'm glad it was different. I'm glad it wasn't because Pagos and Pyros literally just look like the same map idea. Just like maybe, you know, Pyros wasn't as restrictive to some degree. But this was just completely different. I think that's good because an island shouldn't literally just be a bunch of giant open area, small choke point. Giant open area, small choke point. You know, it's more realistic to me to have an, at least one area like this in the zone. Well, I will say this. In comparison to Pyros... Um, they kind of toned down the mobs a little bit. Like you, when you went out in Pyrus, it was like they threw the everything in the kitchen sink at this. They like it. Like I feel like Hydados is not inherently trying to kill me as soon as I step out. Even though I will say this, like they have really bad fucking planning, city planning, quote unquote, when it comes to mobs. Because you walk out and like. You, you have your 50 mobs. That's fine. You stretch a little bit. You move like maybe a few feet east yeah. and you are in the fucking ghetto. Like you are in the hood. <laughs> you were you are in like, San Francisco proper and then you went over the bridge. Now you're in Oakland. Yeah. Yeah. You are in the fucking hood. You are in a straight juvenile video. It goes from 50 to 60. It goes from zero to bullshit in no time. Like you, like 50, 50, um, what was it? The um, the Nankas and everything that's around there. And then you get the uh, Kerbikers that are 60. And then it just gets worse as you keep going beyond that point. I, I will say that, like, it, it's not trying to kill you, but just don't go too far the wrong direction. Don't go across the bridge. Please don't. You could say at the same time, though, that is a very, like, intentional thing where they're saying, you're not meant to be here yet. And instead of doing that with choke points and dragons, they do it with this swarm of enormous monsters in front of you. 
Yeah. Yeah, you learn your lesson one way or the other. You also are reminded that mantises are sound. <laughs> I tried I mean, to I tried to yeah. walk past there's there's like a little spot where like you can kind of like it's in between like a mantis up on a cliff and then like level fifty two mobs on the right. And you try to go in and then the mantis is like no 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 that's come on. Yeah. I had to res so many people there, I died there, it was it was a bad time, as far as I'm concerned. Um but I, I don't know. I was just glad to have something that was different. It did. It, it definitely could have been more threatening. I think they went too far in one direction. But I think it, I, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed having that absolute freedom to kind of look around and take in my surroundings and understand where everything was. Because if you think about Pyros and Pagos, it's even weirder. Because in Pyros, you know, you have this whole area. You know, you have it kind of starts normal. When you go up to the volcano, it's like, oh, here are the 40s and here are the 50s. So their intended path for you is literally like along the paths to the etherites and nothing right. else. It works the exact same here. 50 to 51 goes all the way down here. So there's like 55 mobs around the 51 etherite. And you go directly east and there's 60 mobs over there. So it kind of makes sense, but it makes more sense here than it did in Pyros to me. But I spent most of my time reflecting, so I don't know. I don't know, <laughs> I don't know what else to really say about it. The NMs in Hydatus are also easier, I feel, than the NMs in the previous two zones, personally. Yeah. Yeah, I can agree. I will say that when we were leveling, we because we just went in with eight, and the goal was get 60 as fast as possible to get into the arsenal and get our asses handed to us. But in the time it took us to get to 60, we spawned two NMs. So we got to the end with 10 crystals and I felt very behind, but at the same time, I didn't feel like I was gated by not having NMs like I would have been in earlier ones because there was a really good balance between EXP from mobs uh, because of being able to reflect chain now and EXP from NMs. Now, in comparison to um, spawn rates um, from Animos. Uh, Pagos and Pyros, how did you feel the spawn rates were in the beginning um, for the NMs that you saw? Because clearly I saw my first few hours slash day in in, in um, Hydatos, there were only like, you were only spawning at least two or three within the same area, rightfully so, because nobody's going over to the east side of the map to spawn anything, so you only saw pretty much three. But how did you feel like there, those uh, enemy spawn, spawn rates were? Oh, no, you first. You're the guest. Me? He's always talking to you okay. first. Yeah. So this is completely anecdotal, but I felt like at the start, because we only saw two, that it was really low. But I think the problem is that if they, didn't, if they made them any higher, with the amount of gear that we have now, we would destroy packs and five minutes, go to the next one, spawn everything in the instance within 30 minutes and we're done. So I think it's at a good rate based on people's gear at the end of the like progression cycle that you're going to go through in there. Um, the big thing we're noticing, uh, as I, I always peek over at Eureka Explorers, for those who don't know, if you're someone who's big in exploration content, Eureka Explorers uh, has been compiling information for, throughout the zones as time has gone on throughout the expansion. Um, and if you are ever interested in learning more about Eureka or seeing it unfold in terms of uh, what people are discovering, that's a great place to hang out. 
um, is that none of the bosses seem to have any weather or time conditionals outside of one having placeholder monsters that spawn at night. Uh, so I'm wondering if they exchanged weather and time-specific spawns for needing to kill more of them. Because it definitely feels like we need to kill more monsters to get bosses to uh, spawn. Similar to Pagos, not that extreme, but closer to that, I suppose. As opposed to Pyros, where it's just like, well, whole zone's gone, see you later. Well, I suppose it's a catch-22 in a good way, because people feel like a lot more people are chaining. And it's just, I feel like it's a non-issue for to spawn those NMs. And it doesn't feel, it doesn't feel as, you know, long or uh, as arduous of a task as it was in past uh, Eurekas. It's because you're already there. You're already uh, trying to either chain or like you're outright just trying to spawn in it. Which a lot of, I think a lot of 60s were in my, like, when I went in as, as a 59. Yeah. Are there 60s? Because... I, I, cause I don't see anything that's like 56 to 59 spawning ever. Yeah. They're like, uh, when I went in, um, when I got 60, when I was at 59, I, I joined a few parties because I was just trying to chain something. And I'm like, just looking for 59, looking for chain group or NMC, vice versa, not yada, yada. And, um, I joined a party and it's majority 60s, a few 58s, 157, but the majority of it was 60. And I didn't question it because I was just there for XP. But yeah, apparently a lot of 60s are trying to spawn spawn in at this point. They're trying to spawn a Providence Watcher and they're killing Ovnis or doing bunnies. That seems to be my biggest thing. So the one, the group I was in was trying to spawn Daphne. Daphne, yeah, Daphne's 55. So like a 60 could technically solo those mobs pretty reasonably. To right, spawn them, right. it's a little long, but it's doable. I, I don't know. For me, it's the fifty six to fifty nine is the dead zone. It's a, it's yeah. annoying because of the fucking drawing. Like, I swear to God, that shit. Got One so other thing about Daphne in particular, though, is that the mobs that you use to spawn it can be reflect farmed. You need one tank, one healer, yeah. and six reflectors, and it's it's really quick to level up that way at that level threshold using that one that spawns a good NM. So, I think that one in particular is kind of a an anomaly, but Yes, 56, 59 feels really empty. I don't think I've ever seen them. I feel like it's our fault because literally every instance, like all the 60s are in Arsenal. <laughs> We're like, I'm not, I don't need that right now. I'm doing I'm doing Arsenal. Yeah. Our experience is probably very different to a lot of people who are still leveling as well. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. Uh, I will say that Providence Watcher um, bugged until today. And uh, again, also, I don't feel like calling this one a Zuzu, Sly. I don't want to call it Moist Zuzu, it's just a dragon. It's not like a humanoid person thing. I keep saying there's only one, too. No, there's three. No, there's one. And if two. you want the humanoid Zuzu here, it's going to Absolute Zuzu. He's the And he's not even the last boss, so he doesn't count. You said it was bug, fi bug fixed today. Did you see how they fixed it? No. They just shrunk First him. of all. He's oh, they just made bit. him tinier? They just made him smaller. <laughs> well, they did. They halved his size pretty much, and now he doesn't collide with things the way that he did before. First of all, you have to kind of explain this, because maybe I didn't see the bug or notice a bug when I did uh, Watcher, but uh, what was the bug exactly? It would go untargetable if someone was on, on the bridge. Someone tried to leave the area while they were fighting him, pretty much. Hmm. Yeah, and then he would go untargetable, unkillable. You can't fix it. You have to just let it despawn and sorry goodbye wow 
So I, you know what, I, I was almost more concerned with maybe not people being on the bridge because apparently it's happened with people who aren't on the bridge too. I don't know what the validity of that claim is, uh, but I wonder if it was the position of where he actually starts his dive bombs from that caused any issues. Uh, him colliding with the bridge, for example, his his model or something. Uh, I did notice one other thing with the dive bombs, particularly they used to spawn in facing the direction. Now they spawn facing away and turn around. So they've probably done something that was, there. That was before well. yesterday too. I saw that. I saw that was in the first few kills. Okay. Yeah. It Maybe was really I weird. I don't know why they did it that way, but it was, uh, yeah, I definitely noticed that yesterday when I was clearing okay. a few extra ones. I must not have seen that then. Um, but yeah, the NMs here are just, they're not, I think Pago is probably the most threatening NMs. I think it was probably, I think it might've just been shock, uh, shock factor after Animos being such a rollover after he had five Magicite. But I think those NMs so far are the most threatening. Maybe I just have nightmares of Igloo. Just being pushed. Ah! I feel like it's not that the NMs have gotten easier. They're probably difficulty-wise the same as the Pagos ones, but we just have logo sections now. That's true. And logo. it's as if they've been tuned without those in mind. And we're just way stronger. Logos, is, logos is a lot of fun. Oh, Sphia yeah. is a big fan of Logos. Oh, he's going yeah. to yeah, talk yeah. about that when we start talking about the Arsenal. Because I've, I've been following his that. Twitter. <laughs> I'm following your Twitter and everything you have to say about a, a, a couple specific ones that you seem to be a big fan of. Mm. Yeah. Um, other than that, I think the reward structure outside is a little better here than Pyros uh, in terms of stuff that's in the bunny chests um, and just kind of the general flow of the zone, having actual upgradable armor, upgradable weapon. Uh, I feel like while it is a victory lap, it's also more satisfying than Pyros personally to progress through i don't i don't know any particular reason for the actual zone to feel that way but it does to me it's more glam maybe <laughs> that's the big reason it's a lot more glam here i don't know if you guys share that opinion in regards to the actual progression through high dados i mean what glam have you got i ha i don't have the absolute spear or the penthesilia spear i have the shantoto staff Technically not glam, but I'm going to count it as that for the long term. Vermilion Cloak and Kiranosode. I have both of them at this point since I have enough Cryptic Seals after everything. Uh, and then uh, I have all the... I'm going to be honest, I'm not going to level in the in the, the Hydatos armor because I have a feeling the 10 item level defense is going to be horrible for dungeons in particular from 71 to 80. I know, I, I, just, I, I remember Bardem's Metal... And I don't want people being in full 390 when we get to the 75 dungeon. So I'm not going to do it. Um, and then the weapons. I mean, it's just, it's been very kind of laid back to go through a little bit more so than Pyros. And the yeah, mount. even the relic steps themselves were Identical. pretty damn quick. Yeah, It felt a lot faster because, are you comparing post-nerf? No, I'm, think, I'm thinking, I'm thinking pre-nerf, but I think one thing that kind of makes this one go faster is Avni, because it's guaranteed. That, that's actually a, a really big factor, because if you've got people either not going into the arsenal or going in and leaving, that's a, a level 60 NM every 30 minutes. Yep. Yep. When, when most of them are two hours. The normal respawn time is two hours. You get four of him in the time it takes for one other NM to respawn, assuming no one goes in. So he is he's a really big factor in regards to this. And there's also still, once more people are closer to 60 but aren't going into Arsenal, there's, of course, the hope that the 56 to 59 NMs will start showing up a little bit more, uh, which will also be a ton more crystals. And Sivo, who's the other level 60 that I don't think I've ever seen as well. 
There's another level 60? Yeah, there's Sevo, um, or Kevo, I don't know if it is. C-E-V-O. Um, what's his name? Provenance Watcher and Avni. And then, uh, technically, what's what's his, what's her face? Uh, Tris, Tris, uh, Trisitia? Trisitia? That's the name of the shark. Well, we'll talk about it, Sly. Trisidia is true. If you haven't been in, in runs with people in Arsenal, you wouldn't have seen Trisidia. Trisidia is our apology to people for no for no Avnis for two hours. Pretty much. <laughs> I don't know how else to put it when it comes to Trisidia. Um, or or Trisit. I don't care. It's a shark. It's Jailer of Hope, I think, in 11. Shark? I think Hope was shark. Pretty sure it was. Uh, but yeah, I don't think there's too much else to talk about in regards to Hydatos itself. I think... Um, the, is there? Slide? No. Well, one last question. Oh, was there class. anything that... Was there anything that, you know, surprised you uh, in any kind of way pleasantly or, you know, kind of shocked you when it happened? Like, going... Like, in, in, in the arsenal or out of the Well... What shocks me is apparently it's it's a Medusa enemy, Sivo. So that's our Zuzu. Sivo's our actual Zuzu. So oh. it's, a, it's a humanoid. So Providence Watcher is the proper Zuzu because he's the one who's for the relic quest. But um, yeah, Hydatos Delphines spawns that one. Delphines, they're 50, oh, sorry, 64, I thought. So that would make it the... Oh, are they 64? I thought they were I think 65. So. Maybe maybe Sivo is 59. I just misread it. I just go to the tracker real quick and find out. Let's see. New Hydatos tracker. Oh, yeah. Sivo is 59. Would you look at that? Yeah, because Avni's not even listed on here because what's the point? Yeah, 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 yeah. So Sito, by the way, not Sivo. Sito. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's actually going to make that even easier because that means that we almost nine E levels over it when uh, we get to talking about elemental bonus stuff. A little bit later. Sphia's already thinking about it. He's just like, I can't wait. Just let me lose. Yeah. Just let yeah. me lose. It's been a long week for us, Sly. We got we got a lot of emotions to get out right here. <laughs> Coming yeah. up. You were saying surprises in terms of just the leveling process throughout. Yeah, anything, anything you saw, any, anything that happened that was like a pleasant surprise or anything. Sprite Island was th 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 number one right there. Uh I mean that's probably it though, in terms of yeah. What do you got? I have one, but it's it's a bit of a spoiler. It's I'm not gonna say anything story specific, but for the first time in Final Fantasy XIV, as much as I think the relevance of it is very very limited compared to what it could have been, um, you are given a permanent story choice in regards to how you want to progress the story. So you I, are. I feel like it's. You are, but I feel I know what you're talking about, and I won't, you know, go into yeah. too many details. But I feel like it's the illusion of choice. It it is still an illusion, and I I will talk about that when we eventually do we we talk spoilers on it because we're not talking about it yet. Mm -hmm. I already know what the final ending looks like for both of them, and it is very much the way it turns out. It it very much doesn't matter what you pick. They tell you it matters. They tell you it's super important. It changes dialogue. It changes what happens back in the. The unending journey, but um, it it very much is not an actual like, hey, this will drastically change everything. Um, okay. Sphere, you probably just skipped through all those cutscenes to get. In the oh yeah, yeah. I actually left the cutscenes <laughs> running because I was streaming it. Obviously, and people were like, "Don't skip, don't skip." But I didn't watch it. I was doing other stuff. Um, 
But that actually makes me think, you know how a lot of people seem to have the idea that Eureka is just a giant testing grounds. Yeah. And a lot of things that they put in there, the things that are well received get spliced and put into the, you know, the main game. I see where you're going. Do you think if that's well received, it'll be a feature going forward? I think this iteration won't be that well received because the, when you actually see what the payoff of each choice is, and we're, mm. we'll talk about that because there's a payoff. There's something else they did here that I very much didn't expect. And we'll talk about that when we talk about the Arsenal. Um, it doesn't pay off enough for what they did. And I think it's because they were probably too scared to make it pay off too much when you make the decision. Um, but it was, I, I think it is. I think that this public dungeon is like that. I think the logos actions are like that. Um, I think the story choice is like that. And I'm even going back to um, what was it called? The uh, the rising from last year, where they had this the the fate system that they had in there, the chaining fate system. We kind of have that now, but like a more proper fate chain to like guide people through things. I have a feeling we've seen actually a lot of testing ground related stuff in the past few months. We kind of have been ignoring it, and I have a feeling we're going to be seeing a lot of that show up again in 5.0. And I hope we do because it's good. I. Th- People say they do the same stuff all the time. If they can do different things within the same stuff, it doesn't seem as much like they're always doing the same thing over and over again. At least that's how I feel. Do you feel, maybe not in 5.0 because I feel like it's too soon, but do you feel like in future expansions we will have choices that actually carry meaning and weight? (laughs) Nope. (laughs) Nope. Okay. I think I think no matter what, when you make the choice, the payoff at the end will always be somewhat similar, regardless of what you pick. It'll be like picking. It'll be like Mass Effect 3's endings, where everyone thought it was going to matter and it like didn't mean fuck all. And they had to patch it. And then they had to patch. Then they had to patch it, and yeah. It'll be like OG Mass Effect 3 endings, where they tell you it matters a lot, but then it it like it does kind of, but it really doesn't at the same time because the payoff is so similar. I, yeah. suppose. I can't see anything like major changing outside of things like dialogue from any type of story decision that you're given. Yeah. But they may give us more of those now that have those slight variations if people like it. We've always had slight variations, at least if you've done certain quests beforehand. Like, you know, when you beat Coil, Alice would say something different. And that's been, I've actually kind of liked that approach the most acknowledging that you've done other shit with characters and they're not just acting like they've seen you for the first time is a big thing for me when I'm progressing through the story. And Sly, you as a Dragoon, I mean, the first time they ever did that was Estinian, where he goes, don't worry, I'm not here to fight you this time. Just calm down a little bit. Um, And that's an important payoff. And especially with New Game Plus, I feel that this is a big thing to make people think about New Game Plus. I don't feel like the payoff... I'm sorry, go ahead. The new game plus lets you play through, or is it? It let it basically review? resets the story through the like flag. Can, yeah, and then right. go through it again. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly yeah. what it's for. Then yeah. you're right. It's really cool. So, what are you saying, Slayer? I just don't feel like the payoff is big enough, um, even with new game plus. I understand that you know, like people have been asking for a long time. Hey, can we go back and do this iconic quest because it was really fun. The only thing I would probably want to do is the um, Magni Sadu uh, fight from a few patches ago, but yeah. Um, you just watch that cutscene, though, Sly. You don't have to replay it. <laughs> but it 
was fun. Like it was, it was fun. In, yeah. in my, it was, it was fun. Um, but you know, like, I can't really speak or say because I have not touched WoW. I see a lot of it, but I don't know the intricacies of. Are there any weighty choices in there besides alliances? I I think the choosing whether you're alliance or horde is the is the most weighted decision and the way things play out. But they still again they still pay off the same in the end. Like you right. just see your perspective of it. It doesn't like drastically change everything. And wow. Okay. So, um, but I think with New Game Plus, I mean, they like to introduce new technology and then see what they can do with the new technology. I mean, we've seen Eureka is a product of Diadem and them trying to learn through Diadem. Like as much as we, we say, oh, no, Eureka is not Diadem. It is. It literally is the same idea of content. Um, and it feels like they've just they keep trying to get it right when they get it wrong. Very few times you just say, OK, that's it. Put it aside. Lords of Verminion. Is the only time I feel like they've actually done that. Um, somebody to this day. The challenge log, though. Somebody's job to this day is updating Lords of Verminion every time a new minion comes out. They just copy paste old effects. Fuck that. No, they're just copy pasting old effects. That that is on someone's job. That's what they've got to do. Lords of Verminion balancing. The MGP and the challenge log, that's why. Yeah, well, I can kill a Gubu like 20 different ways, and I only have to do it five times a week. So I don't think I'm that worried about their balancing for Lords of Verminion. Um, but yeah, no, I think with New Game Plus, they're going to maybe try to stretch the system. Because here's the thing, you add this feature, and right now you're only saying, oh, if you want to go back and do it again. But why would I? What if I had to make choices at points in the story? And there's cutscenes I could have only seen if I had gone back through that. We're getting, we're getting, of all things to have New Game Plus for, we have a fucking Nier 24 man coming out, and uh, Nier is pretty fucking infamous for multiple choice, so, I'm just... Yeah, I didn't put that one together, but that's, that's spot on, actually. I'm just saying, if there was a 24 man raid to have New Game Plus for, the fucking Nier raid would be pretty high on my list of places to use it. I don't know. That's just me. Because I think that we're going to have like five endings for that fucking thing. <laughs> so beyond New Game Plus though, what else do you think was tested in Hydato specifically? Public Dungeon. Big big thing. The idea of high <laughs> stakes, um, lower difficulty, but higher stakes content. So you just the... Think... Carry on. Go ahead. Alright. So... <laughs> Do you think it's just the the tuning, effectively, of what Public Dungeon is that was being tested? Or do you think it's the actual way that it functions with, you know, an instance inside an instance almost? Is that what they were going for with the testing or all of those things at once? I think all those things at once. I think it was a huge technical test. Um, and they they just had to throw some rewards in there. Like, this is the first time I've looked at Eureka and gone, okay, this is an idea they actually do want to use elsewhere. Because logograms, they're only ever going to pop up in, like, palace of the dead or like exploration style content they're never going to throw that in the rest of the game because they've always been this super anal about balance and like those aren't <laughs> those are so far from balance magicites no elemental like alignments the idea of it maybe because blue mage also does use elemental alignments um they maybe needed to get that right for blue mage as well uh 
but I think this is the first like proper idea of something that's repeatable. Uh, and now they need to see what they need to do to improve it because they're going to get feedback from this. You know, we've all been very vocal on social media, people who haven't been able to get in people who have been outside while we're inside. Everyone's been very vocal about feedback in regards to that. And there's no doubt that all three communities, NAEU and JP are talking about it everywhere right now. And I think they're going to take a lot of information about that. In regards to, um, I guess, uh, difficulty uh, in, in what you're saying, do you think in regards to this being a test, the bar was set a little bit low or? I think the bar was set pretty high. <laughs> okay. All right. That's fair. Personally, I don't know if you feel the same, Sia, after the last week. I think it was set high, but not for the reasons you probably think, Sly. Okay. The the things that were tested like as a player were were very low. But in terms of the things that you need for management, uh, wrangling an instance full of pugs to do the right thing uh, and and expecting people to do the right thing, that's where it gets really, really difficult. The difficulty isn't necessarily in the, the challenge of the content. It's in the scale of things and the, the time sink and the punishment, not how difficult the content itself is. Perhaps he's saying people. Oh, yeah. People debuff is super real in there. More yeah. real than it has ever been and there's even a line of dialogue that you're given at one point that implies that the people deep from the actual npcs that implies that the people debuff is super strong <laughs> um but yeah i guess with that uh we are already starting to get into talking a little bit about baldessi and that's going to definitely take up the rest of the show so i'm going to thank the patreon sponsors now so that way we can just go ham on the Baldessian Arsenal. Uh, so yeah. earlier in the show, we thanked one of our sponsors, Steel Series. One of our other sponsors are those of you who actually watch the show yourselves. Uh, we have a Patreon that has been sponsoring us through hashtag demonetize, which oddly enough is really kicked up in the last week. Like it's been kind of quiet for like the last few months. And then last week I got flagged because when I got the Osmo mount, I made a video and in the description, I literally just put the word dope, but dope triggered the thing i was just saying like you know this mount is dope and i had to change it and as soon as i changed it it was gone uh, i had male viera the system thought it was viagra so <laughs> 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 so i got flagged for everything that said viera in it um that one was interesting uh so yeah uh it's <laughs> it's been it's been a little interesting the last week so uh those of you who have been supporting through hashtag demonetized, it has mattered more in the last week than I, I maybe would have otherwise intended, or I guess since the European Fan Fest, really. So I have a list of people. First, I accidentally closed it when I went to start the show, and I just got it back up right now. Yeah, I think our patrons of light first. We have Kuja Cross on Genova and Kernai Oni. Now, it has been a very busy week for me, as many of you no doubt know. So I have the same images from last week, so I'm just going to use those. I don't think I've been given new images, actually, so... Uh, these are our patrons of light. We have Kuja Cross, who takes very good pictures uh, all the time. And now they're like ultra wide. I don't know. What is what is this resolution? Anyone like that, like has the cutoffs at the top? I think I was watching Haru or one of the other JP streams earlier, and they had a similar view. And I was just like, huh, 
What is? Oh, it's 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 a fourteen forty. There you go. That's a fourteen forty p screenshot right there. I should know that I have a fourteen forty p monitor, but I play on ten eighty. <clears throat> Truth be told, yeah, I play ten eighty p windowed Sphere. Don't judge me. I don't understand. <laughs> <laughs> I don't like. I don't need it to be any bigger. That's what she said. I don't, <laughs> I don't. I don't need it to be any bigger. I like it the way. I like it the way it is. It's perfect for me. I'm gonna stop now. So that's Kuja Cross from. Don't give me the nods. <laughs> it's fine. It's fine. That's uh. That's Kuja Cross, and then this is Kur and I again. Same image as last week. Uh, discount Golden Bahamut from Turn Thirteen. Where the first time we really saw him, but we really didn't care back then. Mattered a lot more four years later. Oh, Sly, don't make don't make creepy emotes in the chat. Don't do that. I don't Sly. I'm just trying to shout out the Patreon sponsors. Why you gotta why you got oh now everyone's creeping and looting and I'm gonna thank the sponsors now, Sly. And I already know what's gonna happen with that. So thank you to our patrons of light, as we say every week. Thank you for the screenshots. Thank you for the awesome support. We also have our other sponsors. We have other tiers that we shout out here on Say the Realm. We have our standard Say the Realm sponsors, and that of Emma, Nyric Vizla, yeah, Nyric Vizla, the Fist of Augur, Chris Uzuki, Crazy Meter from Midgard, Raijin Ventinus from Cactar, Carol, Ray, Senshi, Shadowlink, Antonberry, Dom, Asuka Wake from Genova, Lamillionella, Mickard's Armor, Sarah in the Final Family, Johnny Yatsuka, Kipka in the Great Eagles on Exodus, Katayoshi from Kujata, Skizophony from Ragnarok, Ryan West House, the Purple Warrior, Edric Red Seal on Exodus, Lexi Valentine, Antar in the Revivus FC from Zodiac, Sour Cream and Chives from Genova, Renault, Chikara, Goisha, Valfren of Siren, Phoenix Down FC on Goblin and Saren from Zodiac. We then have our elite State of the Realm sponsors. We have Vapatiyama of Diabolos. We have Shadow Ari of Brynhildr. Zeravire of Coral. Alchemy. Shinka. Casual Heroes FC on Mikur's Armor. Tatachitaka on Hyperion. Kanozuki from Genova. Yustarla on Coral. Sothal. Sarah Frost from Behemoth. Holy Tabasco. Crash 015. Trinity FC on Ultros. Kat Kazuma. Ignis Faragun from Excalibur. Blester. Famfrit. Not Quarters from Excalibur. Krovus Moonscar. Private Mike. Donnie Kirasami. Rudy Rudiger. Killer Hack from Gold Jr. and Kiltastic Jones. All right. We did it. No, no pogs. <laughs> there's, I mean, there's some pog equivalents in there. Uh, and it's funny. It's it's weird seeing Layla bring up Rap God because him and Fold were supposed to write a rap for me like what six months ago, like a rap, like a diss rap for me, like six months ago, and they never did it. It's coming. It's coming. It maybe, maybe, maybe when we finally have Fold on the show, he can be the one to do it. It was supposed to be Layla, but that's nothing but disappointment, unfortunately. So thank you to our Patreon sponsors. You guys have been awesome for combating hashtag demonetized. Thank you so much. And now the real fun right. begins. The fun. So. The Arsenal. The Bald Arse. The Bald Arse. God damn it. It works. It does. Does it? It's, 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 does it's four it? letters shorthand for the first. It's Baldessian Arsenal. The Bald Arse. Makes perfect sense. Listen, Sly, you haven't even mentioned the name of the show yet, which is a way worse pun than the Ben calling that the bald R's. You're gonna mute full. <laughs> Point well taken. There you go. Sly, I'm assuming you just read the title because you're giving me a look as if you read the title. You didn't even tell me this. No, you know, Ninzard, like usually, Ninzard recommended it, and I just said, yeah, I'll do it. Yeah, you usually, like, whenever you're typing out the title, you usually say the title as you're typing it out. I didn't hear anything. I didn't tell you. It's good. It's clever. Yeah, like Ninzard it. came up with that. So shout out to Ninzard, who uh, came, came to me with that when we were pulling Ozma earlier. <laughs> and I was like, that's, that's a great idea. I appreciate that. 
Um, Baltesi and Arsenal, man. I don't even, I've, I've got a million things to say. Start from the beginning. Use your words. All right, I'm going to let, how about this? Let's start with our overall impressions, and we'll go into the smaller parts, the finer details, the flaws, the pros, the cons, everything. So, Sophia, mm-hmm. you are our guest. You did way more DPS than everyone else on our clear <laughs> because Black Mage is busted. And you will speak first. Our overall impression of Baldessian Arsenal is that it was a new combat experience they put in the game which actually worked. Which is the first thing that I've been able to like, say that about in a very long time. Uh, it's a combination of a lot of things that a lot of different people have asked for in terms of, you know, you've got new gearing options, you've got new combat options, you've got uh, a different sort of punishment, uh, different tuning of bosses. You've got more than 24 at one time. It's so many things that may not have worked individually, but just work really well in the way that they do. Um, obviously, there are little things that I'd like them to change about the way that it works to make that a little easier. But overall, it is a really, really cool experience. And doing it blind was amazing. Yeah, I echo pretty much all of those sentiments. Um Especially the ability to, I guess, customize your gameplay was kind of one of the biggest things that came out of that. Figuring out the right Logos actions to take, having options for prog, then having options for kills. Um, It's something that generally doesn't work in the rest of the game. There's too much variance in it when you're trying to design really tight encounters. So these encounters, they're, they're easier. Like, they're not super tight, dancey fights like an ultimate would be, for example. Um... But with that kind of lower difficulty and higher threshold for punishment, there's a little bit more room to customize your gameplay in a way that no matter what, you still have to know how to play Final Fantasy XIV first and foremost. These things just enhance those aspects to meet your needs for the various bosses. And you're very limited in the number of changes that those are actually allowed to make once you've actually begun. Uh, that lim- Again, sticking these things in this limited time, limited scope dungeon... Again, like Sophia said, they just work when they're together, but they really don't feel like they work outside of that, at least not to the intended degree. So that's overall thoughts, Sly. And I'm assuming you're 60, but you probably haven't been in any instances. I think there's only like one or two major groups on Primal that are are working on Baldessian, and most pugs kind of just stay away from it outside of occasional things, which we'll talk about when we talk about the flaws. I mean, I'm eventually going in. Don't threaten me with a good time. You know, I'll probably be level, but yeah. And then you just go to the sprites. Yep. Yeah, just got a sprite. It's so simple. Oh, man. I actually had a run earlier where we were just doing fragments, and we went to the point where we have to spawn a boss, and I didn't aggro. I, I went to suicide into a room to spawn the boss, and I didn't aggro anything. I just returned. and <laughs> just, just left the dungeon. Uh, that was that was very lucky. Meanwhile, another guy ran into a trap on purpose to kill himself faster, and he didn't aggro either. So there's a there's a very large variance of of play in there. First thing we need to talk about is getting in, and this might be the longest topic about the whole damn thing because we're talking a lot of good stuff, but getting in there is not one of the things we're going to say good stuff about. So Sly, how familiar are you with the process of getting into the Baldessian Arsenal? I know once Obdi hits and it's a kill, um, you take the tel- the random teleports that are scattered throughout Hidatos to get in. 
if I'm, I don't know too much after that. I've just gotten to 60 not too long ago, and I, not sure I want to go in just yet. Just yet. So you, so you don't know, you know enough about it. You know at least I, that you need to kill Avni and you need to take a portal. Yes. Okay, Sphia. So you you were in there way before me. You guys had already been in by the time. I was only like 58, 59 by the time you guys went in for the first time. So you have the earliest experience with it. My experience comes where there's a bit more hardship. So yes. I'll, you can describe how you feel about the process. I'll describe it and then we'll we'll provide some some constructive feedback. Okay, what day is it? Saturday. Yeah. Here it is at least. That means three days ago, mm-hmm. four days ago, we got to level 60. Mm-hmm. Uh, you kill Ovni, you take your portal, you go in. A day later, you kill Ovni. Oh, shit, there's people at all these portals. I need to go to find another one because only one person can get in each portal. Excuse me? Only one person can get in each portal and 48 of them spawn. Then you get to the next day and, oh, shit, there's more 60s now. i got to go to the far corner of the map to find a portal. And then you get to yesterday, today, and you're competing with almost the entire instance for a portal. So you have to be on your toes, to say the least. That's so, one way to put it. Yeah. The way that it works is a blue portal spawns after Ovni dies. To go into that portal, you need a stabilizer. Blue portal, you can't go into. Uh, you also need to have killed Ovni and gotten gold in the fate to get a buff NB60. that lets you go through a portal. And be 60. All yeah. of those conditions have to be met. Uh, but then you need a stabilizer to go through a blue portal. And stabilizers aren't easy to come by. You need mats from things that very rarely spawn, or you need to have done a metric fuck ton of grinding uh, and all of the other Eureka installments. If you don't have a stabilizer, you wait five minutes and then your portal turns red and anyone can go through it. That's level 60 and met, you know, met those conditions. So that means camping by a portal on the biggest mount you've got, hoping it scares people away and they don't seal your portal. <laughs> Elther has worked really well for that. He just hides the portal. It's like, there's nothing to see here, anybody. Don't look. Hey, what's that over there? You should go see that. Yeah, so, so obviously a few days ago, it was really, really easy when you had less 60s running around the zones uh, to just get a portal because there, were, there weren't even enough people that were 60 to take each of the portals there. Everyone could get in. But slowly over time, that became really competitive. So you had to be super organized about who was going where to which portal, disengage from Ovni early sometimes, sometimes even resetting him, uh, just to make sure that you got a portal. It was a not fun experience, I'll tell you that much. Uh, And then when you've got 48 people, because there's 48 portals at the start and then eight more people can come in later. uh, Actually, I can go back a little bit, even before Avni. You've got to get get 48 people together. (laughs) You've got to get 56 people together, right? You've got to find 56 people willing to put in a few hours for one attempt. And then you've got to get them all into the same instance. And you can't queue as an alliance. You've got to queue, queue as individual parties. And so you're sitting there with six, seven team leaders in a voice chat saying, I'm in, I'm in, I'm in. Uh, and one person doesn't get in, so you'll queue back out and do it again. 
And then then you do the Ovni stuff, the shenanigans, you get your portal. Finally, everyone's in. You got lucky. You shouted to the zone. We're trying to kill uh, Ozma. Let the portals for us. Sometimes they're nice. How in the blue fuck do you organize that shit? Sorry, blue's limited, Sly. We can't use that one here. <laughs> How do you organize that? You have people who are just very good at people wrangling, I guess. Uh, big, big props to Perez, President Replay. That guy put in loads oh, of work getting people oh, there. Wow. Yeah. He was yeah. a logistical just genius in terms of getting this all put together. Uh, an enormous Discord, uh, a very strong core group of players who we knew would be there every single day so that we didn't have to chop and change things as much as possible. Um, and then just a lot of hard work and talking to people and who's not out of eight, who needs what role. It's a chore. It's an absolute chore. Yeah, you, you say role. I've seen Twitters. I've seen mainly Fold. And I, I've heard Fold talk and seen a few people say things. Sly, let me just say this. Fee is the reason Fold's saying it. Okay. But Fold was the ninja in there. Yeah, the lone melee. Wonder why he's the, the lone, lone melee. Fucking melee, yeah. I'm going to paint a picture for you, right? You know how okay, this in this game, in all sorts of content, everyone always thinks about what's the most optimal comp to run, you know, and you go... Fucking meta, yeah. Right? You go Dark Knight, Sorry, Paladin Warrior, Astro Scholar, Dragoon, and then XDPS of choice, depending on the encounter. In this dungeon, you go six tanks for six parties. All of them are probably going to be warriors. You go two healers in each party, Skull and Astro. You go one single ninja, one summoner, and 40 black mages. Yeah, that's pretty optimal. Yep. <laughs> I'm not doing the arsenal. Thanks. All right. Hey, hey, you never know. Bards and, machine, Bards and Machinists can be pretty good with, with some, good some certain actions. So Dragoons, Dragoons help All that. Right. And you can give them litany and tethers. Right. So, in no way is that saying that you can't clear it with other stuff, obviously. But there is a very clear discrepancy. It's like the you bring a single machinist. You forgot the single machinist. Oh, the single machinist. You're right. I, f I forgot something in there. Uh, there is a very clear distinction between Black Mage and everything else in this content. <laughs> Literally everything else. They are just broken beyond belief because of logograms. Uh there's, there's a, a neat little combination, one of them which gives you 35% more damage and reduces your MP cost, which changes your base rotation on Black Mage to just give you another Fire 4 every Astral Fire. So even without the next big thing, you've already increased your damage significantly, like 35% off the bat, and then another Fire 4 every rotation is not insignificant. Then you got this one button, which you can do every 90 seconds, which doubles your damage, for double the MP cost. And you think on other jobs, like, oh, that's really bad. You know, they'll go oom, or it only works on spells. So it doesn't work on festers. It doesn't work on tri disaster. It doesn't work on uh, a red mage's melee combo, but it works on everything for a black mage. 
So you combine those two abilities together. You've got a better rotation doing 270% more damage because of the stacking of 35% and 100%. And it's just obscene. It does way too much. Chat and everyone watching and listening right now, um, I got the receipts. I'm, I'm looking at Twitter right now. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take it back to a, a retweet Sphia had from October, which basically, which basically mirrors and says everything that Sphia is saying right now. While you were watching hentai, I was studying the black mage. While you were yelling at your mom to make pizza rolls, I was studying the black mage. While you were trying to find a girlfriend online on online forums, I was studying the black mage. And at black mage's top tier, you have the audacity to, audacity to ask me for help. How do you feel about that image being related to this moment? Sophia? It is incredibly vindicating. <laughs> <laughs> I've, I've gotten shit for two expansions for my job. I won't take it anymore, all right? That image is on the screen right now for anyone who is curious about what we were, what we were referring to, the, the retweet from, from way back when. <sighs> I might as well just open Fultz Twitter because I would expect to see this on his. You really should. <laughs> no, I'm going to get banned if I open his. That's a whole different, that's a whole different problem that we don't need right now. Yeah, Black Mage really is. I'm. Let's just say I'm glad to be on Healer because then I don't have to even think about that. I'm just like, yep, he's doing work. I don't keep doing it. That's I'll heal you. Now, mind you, in in your video, like a few every every so often, I Layla's fine. Layla's fine. Layla's fine. Yeah, Layla's fine. Layla's fine. Was no he really stack. Fine? Yeah, he was. No, he was fine. He died the very first time I went in, and it was because he went from fifty-two k to zero instantly. I think he got hit by an AOE. I don't know how else he went from fifty-two to zero on Vikings. He got double autoed by all three of them at the exact same time. You know how sometimes bosses, when you pull them, will auto twice. Uh, all no, three this, Vikings this was like twenty did... seconds into the pull. Oh, unless they do it after they do the AOE. Yeah, he. I had been healing him for like a good twenty yeah. seconds. This was when we went in with twenty people. He died and didn't proc remembrance, so we just kept going without him on the first bolt. Uh yeah. yeah. That was fun times. Um yeah, I don't I don't know what killed him there. But uh yeah, no, Layla was fine after that. I never let Layla even come close to dying. I had sixty to seventy percent auto heal on our fucking clear. That's all like, I'm taking zero fucking chances on this entire piece of content for ever at this point. Yes, mm. he was he was fine, Sly. There are other people who are fine. I can tell. Fine. I can tell. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, man. And honestly, we're kind of just skinning over or skimming over details a little bit as we kind of jump to different points because the we were talking about you know getting the people coordinated, getting the entry portals. Um, we encountered something today, and I think we encountered it once the day before, uh, on the one where we got Osma to thirty three percent. Where, um, so, so what most often what we're doing is we're going into instances and we are telling people, Hey, we're doing this. Please leave the portals for the people who are going in. 
Um, and then, hey, there will be eight more later. Cool. Um, that makes sense. You know, you're, tr- you're, you're technically yeah. taking over the zone. You're trying to dictate everyone else's gameplay, which is kind of rough to do when the portals are technically open to everybody. But you're doing it for the best chance at clearing, pretty much. Because you've already organized everything. You've already done all that. You don't, you're not trying to go through that again. Um, mm-hmm. And what we encountered yesterday and today, at least once in both cases, although I think the first time it wasn't malicious, it was just the person didn't understand what they had gotten themselves into. Um, we had an individual deliberately take a portal and leave so that someone, one of our people could not come in. Uh, because we were asking for people to not take portals, so they did it on purpose to then make a, to then deny us at least one portal. Yeah, but if you haven't seen one person get reported by fifty six at the same time, <laughs> uh, yeah. And then even then, like the shots usually say, like if you come in, you will die, you will de level, and it's not going to be a good time for you. It's not going to be a good time for us. And uh, yeah. It was, it was quite malicious. So, uh, luckily, we have new terms of service. So, <laughs> And that's one thing I kind of wanted to touch on in this episode, too, because that's a little bit of news. Um, we don't have to touch on it too much. We don't have to go dive into deep detail about it. it quick sidebar. What do you think? I think it was made for your... <laughs> For, for this fucking public dungeon. <laughs> they were like, alright, this is gonna cause some problems. I think now's the time, guys. We're All it's really enforcing is don't be a dick, but now they're really enforcing it. Like, that, mm-hmm. that's kind of just like, a lot of people were like afraid of getting banned for like shit like, oh, hey, did you know that it, when you play Black Mage, like level 36 Black Mage is, is spamming Fire 3, and you're like, hey, just so you know, uh, you, you only you generally only spam fire one at this level and then use Blizzard three to swap back and and uh, no you're not going to get banned for telling him to use Blizzard three you're also not going to be banned for telling him not to spam ice spells now if you go hey you fucking piece of shit garbage human being ice mage is fucking stupid it's not you're a fucking idiot honestly you'll probably yeah you'll probably get in trouble for that <laughs> to me it seemed that, like that sounded authentic for a second. <laughs> how i felt on the inside once or twice okay to me those changes really seemed like they were things that they were already like aware of and dealing with but they just wanted it in a much more formal written way so they can say this is why you got banned yeah pretty much so i think it was a much it was people made i think it's right to to look at it like through a critical through a critical scope because then if anything extreme like those people, you know, who are a little bit afraid of it do happen, you know, there is some need for clarification um, until then. So, so you're not thinking any cause for concern or anything in regards? No, I think if, if okay. you're if you're that concerned, odds are you were talking to people in a way that was questionable at one point and uh, you're a so, little concerned. <laughs> so first season of Feast, basically. Well, feast they took away your words, but I like the I like that they said their goal was instead of inhibiting players from interacting, we now just want to punish them for being, you know, over the top aggressive. Like if like I'm thinking back to original feast, and original feast, if you were a newcomer and you didn't do well, there were people who would go to your server like back when you couldn't do cross server tells. They would make characters just to tell you were a piece of shit. I've seen it happen. I know people it's happened to. I haven't heard that. I've seen it. I've seen that back when feast had words a lot. Like, it's protecting against things like that. But that should have been the goal in the first place, because I hate that Feast got rid of words. Even though, as we've discussed in PvP shows, um, 
it actually the new communication system is definitely more fluid for actual pvp especially the feast but i still think that should have been the goal in the first place you know okay um so this is just covering those bounds and i think it was toshio himself the uh uh, Foxclon, as you guys know him, who said those things about what their actual goal was with the new Terms of Service stuff. But honestly, as much as it's going to get memed on forever, let's be honest, though, no matter how serious or not serious, it's going to get memed on, especially when it comes to Hydados in the public dungeon. It's going to be a constant meme in there because it is so easy to grief in there. And it's also a place that's highly likely to have people who fuck up and die and kill people and for other people to go off on them, like hardcore go off on them. When you're just in full NA pugs. Full NA pugs is a dangerous environment, man. <laughs> <laughs> there's, some, there's some shit that gets said in full NA pugs. It's real dangerous. Oh, man. But yeah, I mean, that's just the whole griefing thing, which is how we got to this this kind of point. Right. That's where I'm only afraid that's going to happen more and more. As more and more people want to go in and they get into instances with people who are already pre-organized. It's just a clash of gameplay choices. That's why there's we normally have the party finder for everything else. The pre-mades, you know, all go in the party finder. If they're all cross-server, they put a password on the channel to let you know, hey, this is separate from all the other entries. And then the pugs just join the ones that meet the goals that they want. You know, that's why it's always been that way. And there's this clash here that's just going to cause more and more issues as more and more people want to go in. So I guess it kind of begs the question um can there be an adjustment made do you think we'll get an adjustment anytime soon and if so what could you possibly adjust about this to make it i guess a little more friendly i guess you could say i have one way that i can think of which would make it work and that is that when you queue for eureka hide you queue with a box check that says i'm going in for arsenal that lets you take portals now I see actually see that working because you know the And you have to do it a pre-made ideally. Okay. I see that working because they give you the option of checking for looking for party and Idatus already and things like that. So um requiring that you be 60 would have to be one of those prerequisites that you are yes. already 60 and of course. Okay. So yeah. Yeah. I, I do fear that. as chat saying everyone would just tick the box. That's what I was gonna say. Some people are going to be too lazy to do it, no doubt, but I think most people would tick the box. The instance would have to have a maximum of people who have ticked that box. And then even then, that you run into the issue that unless you get a completely fresh one with all the groups in simultaneously. Mm -hmm. At which point you run into another issue, which we'll <laughs> talk about in a little bit. So even that doesn't have... I think they're going to learn that that barrier for entry in this specific case, it being behind Eureka, behind the fourth zone out of out of a piece of content that people may not even be up to, an area that generally has no rules. You've now created rules, and they're very uncontrollable to most of most degrees. It's that many variables. Their barrier for entry didn't work because. If the stabilizers are too hard to get, people are going to try to just do what we're doing now. If they were too easy to get, you'd have the problem the opposite way where everyone would just take blue portals pretty much and then it would be no different. Hi, can you not? I'm in the middle of a podcast. All right. Uh, and then apparently in Japan, it was a similar problem. There is a point where they had to turn their streams off because people were trying to snipe into their instances to take portals because they're like, oh, there's a group going. If I want to get in, I need to go. I need to be in the same instance as them. So 
we actually had to do the same thing, but I don't think it was out of maliciousness. It was literally people wanting to be in the instance which had the NM spawn. And yeah. when we, me and uh, Mike turned off streams or, or hid streams, we got in fine. We one shot it. So having an instance to yourself is definitely a huge boon. Huge. And maybe yeah. that's the luck that Yoshida mentioned that you need to get through this. Yeah. And the trust. Yeah. Which is definitely tough. And and the chats bring up a very good point. It is called a public dungeon. It is not an mm. area you can technically claim domain over. The problem being that it's so punishing that if you don't, odds are you're not making it. So right. I think their entry method and their designation of public dungeon, kind of defining it, is their roughest point. Yes, we could all go build stabilizers. Yes, it would take us literally 10 times longer to do anything. And I wonder if he factored that in. I wonder if he factored in the... Because he said it would probably take a while for people to clear it. I wonder if he factored in that anyone who was trying to do it that seriously would probably go try to make stabilizers to guarantee slots. And even then, honestly, that's still not even a problem because later on you can send eight more people in. It doesn't matter if you have stabilizers for that one. They're mm. just open. So that it's... Yeah. My take on that is that it was actually just a tune for six. It was designed around six. Ozma tells you that. Uh, and the seventh is literally just people to replace people in parties that have died already. Yeah. 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 But it's not, it's how Ozma puts it, but it's not necessarily how it was kind of yeah. put initially. You know? It doesn't how it, it's not how the rest of it functions and what's best for progressing through that. Yeah. Um, the next thing we come to, though, is once you actually get inside. You know, everyone's gotten through their portals and you're in this initial room. Um, the first room has a Magium Elder and it has a Logos Manipulator. So you can do, you can mess around with Logos actions one last time before you commit. Um, there's two separate paths and you need to send groups down each path because the NMs have to be killed at the same time at the end of each hallway. Uh, big thing here is you cannot change your job once you're in there. So if someone stole the portal or a bad combination of jobs entered, you know, even under the idea of a public dungeon, there's no flexibility in there outside of your Logos actions. At best, you don't have a tank, your DPS grabs incense and plate bearer or something. Like that's the only alternative you really have. So uh, that's another that really problem. really an alternative? <laughs> it's really, <laughs> it's not, but it's the only alternative I can think of in, on short notice. So, uh, that room in itself could use a little bit of work, especially if they want to support a public dungeon, because you need that flexibility to, to do this. Like, there's no way around it. And I don't think Logos entirely make up for it. I don't know if you feel the same way, Svi, if you have any feelings about that, that entry room. No, I think you're right. I think, like, there's a possibility that 42 tanks, 25 DPS, or... Well, 16 DPS, 14 DPS, I can't do math, but <laughs> no healer zone in, right? Yeah. And at th that point, you've just wasted however long that you've spent to get to that point, and you've wasted the entire instance. Uh, so yeah, changing jobs is, is number one, like very important in that entry room, because if it is for everyone, um, and I don't think that our experience is the way that things are going to go in the future, because obviously when you're blind progging things, you need things as, consi as cons consistent as possible. Um, so getting the people that we were running within every single time was the hardest part of the chore, but that's not what everyone else is going to have to experience. Um, when, you know, the Mr. Happy Guide is out, uh, everyone can see exactly what to do. 
and can go in there and do it pre-made wrong. parties. <laughs> pre-made <laughs> parties of eight. Pre-made parties of eight can go in there and probably be able to execute each boss just fine. Um, so I think that having pre-made parties of eight should be the prerequisite uh, to fix that problem because. You know, when you go in as one person, you can effectively ruin a run for everyone else. Uh, In which case, it's, you know, a complete waste of time. So, yeah, job changing, important. uh, And queuing as pre-mates, also important. Yeah. I think it's okay if you have, like, a public version and a private version. I think that could be another alternative. Like, if your goal is to do the Baldessian Arsenal in town, maybe you can talk to a guy and give him a stabilizer and that pulls... You're partying into the instance without needing to do all the other fancy stuff. You've brought him the requirement item. It pulls eight people in. You do that six, seven times, you're good. No competing, no anything else. Uh, encourages you to still grind for the stabilizers or have multiple people do it. So you have multiple entries at a given time. You still need to be level 60. And then if there's nobody in after a certain period of time, then all of a sudden Avni spawns and you have these unstable and you have these stable portals all over the map. And then you have the public dungeon proper. Yeah. It'd be another kind of meeting point in the middle. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like that, that solution. The way you pose the the way you both pose this uh, makes it sound a little bit intimidating. It's very uh, intimidating. Very intimidating to like you know the general public who you know like a lot of this kind like a lot of them feel that this content was made for them. You know, people who don't really raid, don't really you know have the time, and they just come into Eureka just you know try to get a you know Eureka weapon, maybe Eureka armor. I was kind of saving this question for maybe the end, but I'll go ahead and pose it here. As world first racer, world first racers, do you think, do you feel like this content was made kind of tailor made for you in a way? Nope. I don't, but I feel it's misplaced because you just described Eureka and then described this, and you can tell how different the tone of those two things are. They don't match. And the reason I ask it, yeah, they don't match. But the reason I ask this question is because, like, I, in the beginning, would you ever have said in your wildest dreams and imagination that you were doing a world first race for Eureka or the end of Eureka? At the very beginning, when this first came out, when it was Animos, and you, you wouldn't have thought that. No. There are, I'm, I'm sure there are plenty of people who right now are like, wow, that looks really cool, but I fucking know what fucking way I'm doing Animos, Pagos, Pyros, Hydados. Zero chance. The number of people I've seen tweets, just comments about like, oh, I'm level seven in Animos now. Awesome. I'm getting there because I've just had to start now because they've seen the carrot that's on the very, very long stick now, um, right. which incentivizes them. So if we had known about this a year ago, maybe it would be different, but I feel like that was kind of a misplay on their part. I think we did know about it, but we, we again, it's kind of like when Ultimate first came did out. They? Everyone's like, oh, it'll be dead in a yeah. day. It'll be dead in two days. Like, the, the perception of what it would be was very different than what we got in the yeah. end. Yeah. So in terms of is it designed for World First Races, though, which you asked, I think mm-hmm. no, because it wasn't designed for us. It was actually designed for everyone, and it's going to give everyone a challenge suited to them. Because... okay. The challenge, the, the the fights themselves are not complex. I would put the difficulty of the entire dungeon between a 24-man and an EX trial. Um, but the the issues that come with it are very punishing to people like World First Racers. 
Uh, because, you know, what we're used to now, we've been babied by uh, reduced res penalties, red mage, uh, all these <laughs> things. A whole that, job, just a whole fucking yeah. job, red mage. A job, red mage, yeah. All of these things that change what prog is effectively. But now they've taken that away from us and given us a completely different prog experience. And so in that case, it was really, really cool for us. I, I loved every bit of it. Mm-hmm. And then at the same time, it's not so challenging uh, execution-wise that nobody else can do it. The challenges that we had are going to be very specific to us. I do think, though, that people who don't watch guides, want to do content blind, are going to fucking hate it. Because they are going to go in there, they're going to die, they're going to piss everyone else off, everyone else is going to get pissed at them, they're going to go back in, they're going to do the same thing. And it's going to be a very long and arduous and repetitive process of the same thing happening, where without that coordination, which we had of 56 people every single day, uh, that a lot of people uh, are not going to be able to get that. So it's and, carry on. I'm sorry. Um, it, it's kind of like your both of your situations are like definitely different from the majority of, of players who are running this and experiencing it. Um, you you went in, you went in with a, you know. Kind of a stacked team, would it be fair to say? Yeah. yeah. So when it was a stacked team, like you already had organization, which in, in content like this, organization, you, you really don't think about organization. I wouldn't have thought about this in Pyros, Animos, or anything until we've reached this point where you bring a challenge like this. So it's kind of understandable. But for the mass majority, they're not, they're, like you said, they're trying to get in. They want to see it. So, like, you you going in with with the stack team, with coordination. Again, shout out to Perez. I don't know how the fuck he did it. Jesus. Um, no idea. <laughs> no idea. Um, it's going to be different from when where everybody else who wants to who wants to experience it, who wants to see it, who wants the loot, essentially. Mm. This is what they started. This is what they started Animus for. And people were hyped. I, for this. I get exactly what you're saying. It's like, uh-huh. so it, it kind of goes back to what I said before, though, where mm. the way that we experienced it and the things that we struggled with are going to be very different to what other people are going to struggle with. Um, because it was blind and because of the nature of the punishment in this, that's mm-hmm. why the progression was so hard. But we one shot every boss every single time. We have minimal mm. deaths now. And that's not because we have stacked team. It's because we know everything. And now right. all the information is out. Virtually anyone can complete these encounters. They right. are execution-wise simple, but it does take prior knowledge going in. Yeah. That's, I'd say, I'd that's say the only one that's like really... I think only actual the final boss is the only one that... Because we have, we have a direct point to compare that boss to with the Weeping City. And you mm-hmm. can very much tell that there are places where if you did it wrong, you're just instant dead. There's no forgiving you. Um, and that's true on all the bosses, but it's most true on the last one. So he's the one where he kind of takes the difficulty of the dungeon and accelerates it, pun intended, to another level. I'm sorry. And and chat and chat, I get what you're saying. Like there's nothing, there's nothing attached to us attached to us, but like maybe a few rewards, not anything to do with the weapon. So like, yeah. actually, this is a big positive point for me with this dungeon is you just mentioned uh-huh. um rewards and progression uh-huh. 
uh, it was really nice to have some semblance of gear progression. Very minor, but a semblance of gear progression for this dungeon within Eureka itself. That was only relevant inside Eureka, mm -hmm. but was there in the first place. Right. I don't know how you felt about, like, this elemental bone. Sphia, okay, I know what the result was, so I know how you do feel about it. <laughs> so it's not necessarily about the result. It's more about the fact that, in my opinion at least, the itemization in the game is very stale. You have your choice of two items every patch in every slot. That's it. And you chuck the same materia in every slot. It's either crit or it's DH, right? That's virtually every job. Uh, but now we have these other options we've got ways of progressing your gear with elemental bonus, we've got haste items, we've got all these other things that they're throwing in, and you're doing it while you're progressing the fights as well. It's just, it's really, really cool that we have something else that's different in there, and uh, really cool that they've made a secondary stat not absolutely garbage, because they suck in the skin. Elemental bonus very... is pretty OP. Yeah. And if you compare it to other well. games... Secondary stats in Final Fantasy fourteen are very minor in what they give you. Like the difference right. between a perfect set and an imperfect set is gonna be in the low percentages versus elemental bonus, which is just this enormous difference between being best in slot and not best in slot. Um also it's odd, but then putting the item level the item level maximum a bit lower actually opens up a bit more in gear progression. Um it, mm -hmm. it kind of reminds me of Ultimate where, you know, after there were more options available at that item level that you're stuck at people looked at old gear with a little bit more value. You know, all of a sudden, this new dungeon that came out that's got 345 on the dot item level is really valuable to you if you're ever trying to go back and do it for the first time or if you're trying to re-clear it for any sort of purpose, new static, whatever. Um, this was kind of the same. With the item level 300 cap, this was the first place it kind of really mattered. People were actually crafting I-290 stuff to uh, pentameld it for a little bit better stats since materia doesn't work when you item sync down. Um, some of the new items they added are item level 300 with five meldable slots and elemental bonus and haste. So they're very valuable in there as well. Um, it Honestly, adding sort of an item level cap instead of just, hey, going to the next item level for the new content did add a bit more diversity than maybe initially intended. Or 290, was it 290, 300, whatever the item level was. They were making lower le lower item level accessories and pentamelding them. I was watching it in Kugane. Would you say this is our first good implementation of sideways gear progression? It is, and it's specific to one. Of course, I don't know if it's a pro or a con yet. If it's specific to just Eureka, I don't know if that's a pro or a con, but it exists. Mm. Is all I know, and it yeah. was good. And again, I think because of the capped item level and the content being at the level it's at, it added value to that progression. I suppose. So if this was I-400, I wouldn't have given two shits. I would have grabbed my elemental armor and just said, fuck it, pentameld it, done. Would have been the same as every other patch, pretty much. I don't know. Yep. Maybe that's just me. Uh, but yeah, I definitely wanted to shout that out. And I think they, went, they were very tame with Eureka effects. I think they could have gone way more off the wall than haste and elemental bonus. And I think they should, going forward. I think they should feel free to just fuck it go nuts like if you're going to do these off the wall types of content just go ham you did it in palace you didn't have it on high you did it here continue to do it because when you add modes or you just break everything that's when it's the most fun or if you're looking for a really tight encounter like ultimate that's there too you know you say going forward do you do the both of you want to see content like this again yes just done better and we already know they're working on more exploration content they've already outright stated right. it 
yes, I would not like it gated behind two years of grindy content that isn't dungeons. But yes, absolutely more of the what we got in the end. More of the carrot, less of the stick. If they did a public dungeon with a bunch of different, like if it wasn't just one at the very end, and there were like ones as you went through, um, and they had more Eureka effects, I think that that's like the best case scenario. It's also the least likely scenario. Um, but even within fun. Eureka proper, I think Eureka is more fun if they have this again. It's it's this microcosm of of a different game, pretty much. Mm-hmm. And people always say, "Why don't they do things mad different?" Well, it's because a lot of the times they honestly just don't do it to our standards. You know, not, it's not necessarily it's not the thing we wanted. It's just not necessarily done with the best intent. And that's still true here, but it's gotten better as time has gone on. So I think they can continue to take those things and improve on them. Then uh, we are looking at something that starts very niche and starts to expand outward that more people might be interested in it. Do you think they should keep the public act aspect of the dungeon, meaning how it is right now? Um where it's kind of closed off, but you, you kind of, you know, you kind of bring the community together, bring, you know, individuals like yourself together and work towards that goal. Or do you think they should put um, things in place to kind of alleviate the whole publicness out of the dungeon and, and make it easier for you to group together and, and um, not, you know, ex- feel like you're excluding the public? Uh, so yeah, I, 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 you want to take that first? I think, I think I know what I want to say, but you want to take that first? It's tough. I'm off two minds about it. In one hand, it's, it's really rewarding. And when we killed it, it was a really good feeling seeing an entire instance and, and multiple people queuing in to help us out. Uh, but at the same time, it's, that is a very lucky thing to have happened. Um, I like the intent. I don't like the execution. I think there needs to be more more power to the individual player in terms of getting what they want out of the instance. Because right now, it's you have so much out of your control. And that feels really bad when you're committing so much time to something. Um, big thing for me... Uh... As you're going through the dungeon at one point, um, you actually straight up need the people on the outside. You are powerless from the inside as to whether or not your progression continues. Um, you have to spawn a boss where Avni normally is killed uh, called Trisitia or something like that or Trisitia, whatever. It's a shark. And you have 15 minutes to kill it. It is a monstrously powerful boss by regards compared to everything else in the zone. Um, you need dispel, you need faint to make it die faster. And if the dispel, and if you miss a single dispel, you don't get rid of shock spikes, you don't get rid of mighty strikes. Odds are, and anyone who's under 60 is probably just outright dead to one ability. Um, it's the only boss out there that kind of asks that much. And you get 10 crystals. And eight more people can join. And that's it. They should be getting rewards from like stuff that's on the inside avni should be the same anything that is involved with the dungeon should in some way be helping you progress in the dungeon even if you're staying outside whether it's just eureka fragments that start getting elemental bonus as a stat or uh or one of the or chances at the other loot that's available from like 
certain points inside or like its own loot table even outright. So being support, you're like, oh, I hope I get this item because I'm support this time or I'm willing to sit out for support because I don't have this item. You know, uh, I feel that doing something to at least not discourage people from helping you or to further incentivize people helping you from the outside. Okay. To make it clear That's how desperate we were, like we, you're sitting there helpless in front of a boss that you need other people to do stuff to remove its buff so that it becomes killable. I'm going to read to you a shout macro, which was made with the intention of inspiring people to get this done for us. It starts with slash sh. Attention all Eureka gamers. Mr. Happy is in great danger and he needs your help to wipe out Proto Ozma in the Baldesian Arsenal. To do this, he needs a faint L and a couple of dispel L's. To help him, all you need is your credit card number and the three numbers on the back and the expiration month and date. But you got to be quick so that you, he can secure the clear and achieve the epic world first. I didn't know. I didn't see this. Did this actually go off in the instance where we cleared it? Yeah, it did. There you go. I'll put it in our chat. Yeah. Everyone can use that now. Cool. Everyone can be a winner. All right, hold on. I got a... I got a... <laughs> let's see. Exclamation mark adcom arse. <laughs> copy. No, I can't copy it when you guys keep posting in the chat. It changes it. <sighs> All right. There you go. That's a copy pasta if I've ever seen one before. That's I didn't see that. I didn't know that had happened goodie. until just this moment. It was good. And uh we killed it. <laughs> so it worked. Yeah, exactly. It's got 100% success rate. Just chuck that in your instance and you're done. It's your bold Even if awesome I'm not clock. in there, fuck it. Yeah. Oh my god. Who did that? It was uh what's the name? Tulsia Ariette of I wanna say Genova. Were they in our group or were they outside? They're in our group. Okay. They were one of the names. support crew a bunch of times. Okay. Were yeah. they were they with us today when we went back in? I don't think they were there today though, no. Okay, because we did have some of the support group in there today. Yeah. Oh my god. I can see the shit. I can see this shit getting spammed in 5.0 when you are doing your world first race and you are streaming. I mean, it's not it's not even gonna be like world first because you're streaming, but but like even still, like this is gonna get spammed so much as you are doing prog and I can't believe that actually fucking happened. Oh my god. I I don't know what to do with my life now. I, I don't know. Apparently it's not working because uh, uh, you can remove this last shot. Yeah, I'm just going to edit it real quick. There you go. But I'm in terms of what you're going to do with your life? I'm putting that on a very long cooldown when this goes <laughs> over. Good call. But in terms of what you're going to do with your life now, Sly, you're going to take that Dispel L, you're going to take that Faint L, and you're going to go beat up a shark. All right? Because Mr. Happy needs you. This is... And people wonder why EM members do not do not normally get invited on... Why they're always <laughs> on Mog Talk. <laughs> Because I'm in the same FC as them. So I don't get... When this is over, all I get in FC chat is that. More. <laughs> I don't get to walk away from this show and be done with it. I, I It will be a part of my every experience now inside of Eureka. And I am ruined. 
There are there are at least two dozen macros. So okay, Good. to be fair, Cleese is allowed to do it because he I've coined a phrase with him. <laughs> get cleased. Yeah, don't yeah. get yeah, don't get cleased when you're going through when you're going through Hydanos. So he he's allowed. I'll I'll let him do it because of that. But uh yeah, there's not enough incentive for the people on the outside to help the people on the inside. And honest and most of the time a lot of people look at us as greedy dicks when we're trying to ask them to to not participate. Which we don't want to be. We're just trying to make for the best chance. It's possible. the nature of the system, honestly. Yeah. Yeah. So with that fate, not only is it significantly harder than any other fate that can spawn uh, and requires very specific actions to actually make it not just wipe everyone. Uh, in one of the JP data centers, people were intentionally leaving it to grief the players inside. And that puts so much power out of the hands of the people who are actually trying to clear this content. You're literally helpless in there. Yeah. Don't go into portals. Oh, but kill this shark for us. Really, really hard ask. I mean, at least it gives them some Hydatos crystals, so there is a reason. But it should be giving them fragments, in my opinion. This so. just seems so unfair on so many fucking. <laughs> it <laughs> is. It's designed in to be terms unfair. of like in terms of getting in, being in, and then being at the mercy of a power trip from people who didn't get in. Like, and then then even if you do succeed it, the eight mm -hmm. portals that spawn, which you've reserved for your eight people who are going to come in and fill your ranks, can mm -hmm. be stolen. And it's then those just, people can leave instantly, as as we've experienced, finally. Yeah. So it's it makes you feel extremely powerless as to how your run goes. I mean, don't threaten me with a good time. But the majority of the people, like, this this has to seem like... It, like, you have talked so many people off the fucking ledge. I, I would assume. Like... They don't, so, I, I feel like this, this pushes people away from it. Like when you when you talk about these things and you talk about these experiences, I feel like people are going to turn away now. The way that I see it is that anyone who's currently in Hydatus has done every single Eureka so far, which means at some point they're going to want to do Arsenal, which means they're going to have to understand that if they do this to people, they're going to like get it back because they're just going to create that kind of culture. I mean... Maybe that's a little bit wishful thinking, but mm -hmm. as soon as like a precedent is set, especially in a community which is as small as the number of people who can do Hydatos and do Baldesian Arsenal, mm -hmm. uh, it's very much going to stay that way. And I think we're very lucky that we have a fairly damn good content, uh, you know, culture around it right now. Yeah, there's been a lot of Discord groups popping up, um, trying to organize times for even people to just get in and get the first couple of bosses. Um, one of the big things that we've brought up multiple times is gear with special stats for Inside Eureka. And it very much feels like that's kind of the first goal before the average player thinks about, oh, I'm going to go in and beat the last boss. They should be thinking about going in and collecting fragments to improve their stats. To give you an idea um, of how influential they are, um, it was mathed out. So if you go to the Magium Elder, it gives you a flat number for your, your elemental resists at 60. 
it's 1,779. Now that number is put immediately against the elemental stats of the enemy, and that's how you determine your damage and defense versus them individually. Um, when they are level 66, it's as if they were elemental level 66. If you have a full set of elemental bonus armor from top to bottom, every piece, it's as if you were elemental level 68. Which, uh, pretty big fucking deal. <laughs> yeah, if you had a same level mob and a eight level below mob, you'll notice the difference, as in like an extra digit at the end of your damage. It's enormous. Yeah. That, that that number, the 68, is including the weapon as well, which is yes. quite a grind within uh, the, the arsenal itself. Yeah. It's 28 fragments for a full clear with every chest, and you need 100 for the weapon. So your yeah. average player who's just doing the first two bosses and maybe the trash afterwards, they walk away with 12. Yeah. So um, you mostly end up getting the armor. Also, if you're picking up things like Damascan Cloth, that significantly cuts down the amount of fragments you need because... The Kirin's Oso, the Vermilion Cloaks, those are alternatives that don't require fragments. They require gill items. They can be bought off the market board, the cloths, the seals, as well as the items themselves. And those are huge because it just cuts down the amount of Hydatos crystals you need, the amount of fragments you need. And on a body piece, which is one of the two expensive pieces of 35 fragments to upgrade. As a ballpark, the chest piece itself, this was roughly mathed out by Bellana. Uh, just the chest piece gives you 20% more damage and take 20% less damage. Is it the chest piece? Because I know that... Um... Oh, the, the, the coat. So it's the chest and hat. Oh, yeah, the vermilion. Yeah, okay. Because that's yeah, yeah. because the, um, the weapon is 348, which is exactly 20% of 1,779. Yeah, but the numbers don't scale linearly. Okay, yeah, that's that's yeah. the thing. Okay, yeah. So it's a like that should be the... And that's why the NM's on the outside. Omni and... Trisitia should be giving fragments because it helps those yes. people. Now they're like, oh, I'm part of the progression. I'm get I can use these fragments to now go upgrade the stuff, and now I have a better chance inside. So that's why those outside NMs having value for your actual progression, that encourages people to keep doing them, to keep focusing on them, and then to eventually either pug it or join through Discord groups or or whatever it is, or just to try and actually attempt the content. So that's why. There's so many things here that don't work, but the things that do work are a lot of fun. Which has been Eureka as a whole, to be fair. Mm. But this is just another example of that. It's an idea I'd like to see again, but done better. Simple as that. Um, as for the individual bosses, we haven't even we haven't even gotten to talk about any of the bosses themselves. We talked a little bit about difficulty. Um, this was an interesting way to do this dungeon, this boss. Because even inside the amount of coordination that you need, before even getting in, you need coordination. But once you're in, the coordination for such easy bosses, because I'm going to say they're easy, is ridiculously okay. intense. Your heart is just the whole time, every step you take in there. And this, And this is from a blind perspective. Honestly, even when I'm not blind, every, I'm still like deathly afraid of like everything that's in there because I know okay. what the stakes are. Okay. I'll put it this way. The biggest thing that you are ever in danger danger of is a tank not pulling correctly and you get auto-attacked by a mob once and you die. One auto-attack from mobs can kill any DPS or healer. Yeah, that you can die that easily. It's... There are traps, there are just one-shots that 
you got to be really on your toes the whole time. Palace of the Dead. It's like the latest floors in like Palace of the Dead and Heaven on High. It's just there's no room for error. Um, there's there's ways to mitigate it, but today we learned that that has a limit. <laughs> or we got real yeah, we fucking did. close to it because uh, this is where planning logos action starts to come in. So you need at least two people with the precision action, which is new. Now, that's not only to find traps that'll insta-kill you. You literally can't beat the third boss if nobody has precision. Maybe if you just run around the rooms, you could find the portal and it would still work. I don't think so. But you literally, there's a portal that leads you to a secret room that you need the precision action to find. And there's traps that will just murder you everywhere. So that's the first thing. If you don't have two people with precision, you're probably fucked. You can try to throw a paladin with hollowed and maybe hope that he doesn't walk across a vulnerability trap, but you don't want to do that shit. Trust me. Um, and then everyone needs Spirit of the Remembered. If you do not have Spirit of the Remembered, do not go into the Baldessian Arsenal. That gives you 10% more HP, 30% accuracy, which does matter a lot, and a 70% chance to resurrect on death. Earlier, I said I coined a term for one cleese. And so it failing to activate is now officially called being cleased. And I'm going to explain to you why with another it, uh, image from Twitter. Okay. One provided by cleese himself. And uh, so in our kill... There's one person who was resurrected four times with the seven. So this is a 70% chance of procking. This person who is unnamed, but their name begins with you, died four times and it procked four times. All these other people who died at various points, other than Cleese, almost all of them were resurrected with the 70%. Cleese died once, three minutes into the fight and was not resurrected and on the last boss in particular slide this matters a lot more than every other boss because on the last boss if you're dead he will occasionally eject all dead corpses from the dungeon and you will get nothing from him if he is defeated sly silence is a lot <laughs> he's, drink, he's like he's drinking his beer this just seems so much now really no 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 fuck it no no you can't scare me don't threaten me with a fucking good time no i've no. literally done nothing to threaten you with a good time yeah. everything you just said is threatening me with a fucking good time or a bad time in in this case but i'm calling it good just to kind of psych myself up for it so what I've seen you saying, and even in chat, a lot of people saying, oh, it's not for casual players. It's it's definitely hardcore content. That's not necessarily true. None of the skills you need in there are difficult. None of the, you don't have to be a good player to beat it. You need to be average, but consistent. Average, That's but it. Consistent. If, if you're average, you're good enough. That's it. And then I recall, I recall what they said at, at, the, at the recent fan fest. Trust. Do I trust people? Sly, you got 55 people debuffs made for the Bloodless and Arsenal yet? 
No, no, I gotta make I gotta make uh twenty-two more. Yeah. yeah. Um I am actually not a fan of this. Um I feel like ejecting you from the dungeon is fine, but you should still at the very least get the fucking achievement. I I don't I don't agree with you going through two hours of work to then die to somebody else's mistake, which is what happened to Cleese here, mm. and not be rewarded. I disagree completely. Oh. I mean, Ooh. I think. Ooh, please explain. There are so many powerful abilities through the logo sections that whether or not you die is entirely in your hands. At any point in time. Am I correct? <laughs> if if it, you know, know what you're doing. Okay, I'll say yes. You're with plate bearer, yes. With plate bearer, with uh, solid what's it called? Uh, magic shield. Oh, magic shield. Yeah, spell shield and solid shield. If you don't want to die, you cannot die as a DPS. Or you can do more DPS than literally everybody by double. And yeah, but, but that, that's in the trust thing that you're trusting other people don't murder you with balls. Yeah, yeah exactly. Cleese yeah. <laughs> is like, th- are you sure about that? Sphia, are you sure you want to go down this route? Because you get to play with me again. <laughs> I really think that the punishment is good because it's exactly the same as the whole way through. I mean, you don't get rewards if you don't open the chest after Raiden and you're not raised. Why would you get rewards for killing the last boss if you're dead at the end, you know? Yeah, but I, I kind of agree. Is the punishment worth somebody else's crime, though? I think that considering how many acceleration bombs have been screwed up, because that is that is the problem with the final boss, the number one killer, is literally the mechanic that asks you to do nothing. It is always one of the number one killers across all content. When you ask players to do nothing... It ruins everything. <laughs> um, and acceleration bombs are just that thing. I, you're always afraid. You see it and you just, dude, I don't. I Even I said today, I'm like, guys, I don't use ACT. I've never used an ACT trigger. If you are really afraid of acceleration bombs, you better fucking make an ACT trigger to know that you have one. All right. Because we've been in here for two fucking hours and I don't want to wipe. Did the world just end? Is the apocalypse happening? I was like, I'm going to throw this suggestion out there. And it, immediately the what? whole of Elysium was like, whoa, <laughs> Mr. Happy, that's against the terms of service. <laughs> Listen, it's not Suzaku. Fo- I, I almost said you fold for some reason. Sly. Well, fold died. So, like, he's another victim of this. So, so there's one other thing that I think makes me feel like dying should still take away your rewards. And while I feel bad for people who died, like that sucks. Give me a good reason to go a second time. (laughs) Nothing in there. One shots you. Except Zantetsukin and all every version of Zantetsukin. But those are easy to avoid. And in the like, except for like obvious one shot mechanics, right? There's no raid damage. Like you can stand in bed and live. There's a very there's a big difference between one shot mechanics and yeah. mechanics. Mechanics don't kill you. One shots do. 
falling but off standing, wood, for example. Standing in bed. Put on a shirt. It kills you, except when it doesn't. <laughs> no, 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 no. I wrote that really, really badly, didn't I? Okay. <laughs> Nothing yeah. in there kills you. Obviously, there's mechanics. things that kill you. I'll make a differentiation. I'll make a differentiation between mechanics, regular, and one-shot mechanics. Right? None of the regular okay. mechanics will one-shot you. So you can stand in bed and live. Yeah, so much so to the point where they were afraid of people abusing it too much, and if you get hit three times by something that you're not supposed to, and you and you uh, don't die, it kills it kills you instantly. You get a debuff that says, "Hey, stop being an asshole and stop being yeah. hit by things." In our kill, Layla and one other person in our group had two stacks at one point. I'm like, don't get hit by anything okay. else. That's okay. Layla's okay. Layla's okay. Yeah. Sphere yeah. died. You died on AV today, didn't you? Did you get hit by a Medusa? Yeah, I like that. Oh, yeah, that's right. You're in uh, You're in the, a country adjacent to Australia. So you have quite a bit of ping. Bitter Australia, yeah. Yeah. New Zealand, for anyone. Wondering, Tasmanian isn't that? Well, where's Tasmanian? I mean, they're in, ta they're in Tasmania. Tasmania. Isn't they're in Tasmania, but they're, it's another island. I think so. Well, that's nothing to do with New Zealand. Okay, it's definitely Australian. Yeah. Okay. All the same. Uh, it's scary, man. <laughs> that place is scary. Mm. I don't know what else to say about it, man. It's just that place is scary. Like I the said, only I time. I, I thought I knew the ghetto. Damn. The only time I've ever felt that type of tension is like Golden Bahamut and Yukob. Because yeah, yeah. Hmm. you have the same sort of... It's not that it's difficult. It's that... I must have said something right. really bad. Yeah, 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 the police is right. It's the fucking ghetto. <laughs> that, 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 that's for Fold and Cleese on our first clear. Anyway, moving on. That is the fucking ghetto, yeah. So... It's not so much the difficulty of what you've got to do. It's the fact that you'll be wasting so much time if you fuck up. It's not about, oh, I've got, I've got this very daunting mechanic in front of me. It's if I fuck up, I've wasted all this time. That's what the pressure is. I almost puked after we killed it because I was tired. I've been packing boxes this week. I was working on stuff. There's things that I can't talk about too much just yet that are going on outside of the move. And I was literally, I yelled, yes! I almost puked at the same time. Because of how stressed I was in the last fight. I just didn't want to, I didn't want to have to spend another three hours that day. I was like, no, it needs to be now, please. I have stuff to do. <laughs> I need this. Oh, man. Okay, it's very rewarding to kill. It's they made a fight, honestly, fairly easy. Feel very rewarding. And that's a really cool way of doing it. Oh. And anyone can do it. Yeah, I do feel like, despite everything we're saying, the difficulty of the individual bosses is not that insane. No, it's absolutely not. I've seen a lot of comments of people saying, "Oh, you just go in there with fifty-five ultimate legends and." You're fine because they saw screenshots of everyone with their weapons and titles on and things like that. But you got to keep in mind that we went in there with no elemental gear. People were horrendously undergeared. We had pugs who didn't know strats that we were filling in before every pull. With a little bit of gear, elemental gear uh, specifically, that mm -hmm. becomes very, very easy. If you know what you're doing going in, which 
but now everyone can. Yeah, our our second run, we did reclears today for people who died. We also brought in one of the support teams, um, one of which was Larry Zor, who was in the instance that was rallying people to support us, you know, as we were trying, like he was in, coming into our instances as we were trying to go, and he was rallying people to be part of the support group. Um, he was in there today with us. Uh, and it was a million times easier. I think there was one person who got ejected from our Ozma um, relatively early on. And we had a few unnecessary deaths to like the first boss. And uh, where I learned that it was really good that I brought four fucking sacrifice logos <laughs> actions. And sure then was. and I got cleased out of three three times I got cleased. Which means this I I needed somebody else to sacrifice for me too. You do sacrifice chains. Every healer bring three or four fucking sacrifice plus remembered combos. That shit just... One of you bring less and bring bravery. One of you bring protect and shell. But fucking bring a bunch of them. At the very least. For fuck's sake. That's another... We haven't even talked about all that shit for the various bosses. The protect... Mm. The protect L's. The shell L's. Your fucking magic burst and wisdom. It's like... We've gone into it a little bit. But we kind of forgot to mention fully giving everyone five minutes of bravery. And extra protect and extra shell and shit like that. One thing that I want to say that I think was really, really cool about... Uh... Eureka, the last two installments specifically, and now that we've got something to really put it against, is that the logo sections make you feel really fucking powerful. Like, in video games, people like to feel powerful, right? I mean, people like Dark Souls and shit, but where you just get one shot by a skeleton. Um, but for me specifically, I like mowing through trash and doing, you know, massive crits and things like that. And the logo sections let you do that. Like, you feel powerful. You can cast death on mobs in there and you just one shot them and i was using repose to interrupt skills because they were sleepable i'll like instead of using a stun or a silence we'll use repose and i can just spam it and then the mob doesn't even go to sleep but it just stops the spell and then there are some groups that were actually using repose when like they were down members to like make sure that they weren't overwhelmed like there was there were elements of it that were options. We were never like stuck with one way and only one way to do it. But fold, don't ever use double edge again. <laughs> Please. Don't ever use I, that again. You're not yeah, a black I clued him into that combo. No. I shouldn't have. No. You're, it's because you're too powerful. He wants to be as strong as you. He's, he's talked about going double edge without bloodbath and just having a healer chain heal him through it. I know. I'm in his party. We're both in his party. I'm the white mage. He's like, well, Don't if you're him. over healing, and I'm like, fold. No. Don't let him. That's... Do not let him. He's like, but it'll lower your overheal percent. I'm like, fold. <laughs> Don't. <laughs> I don't need this. He's like, you're already casting the cure. Fold. Don't do it. And he's still going to do it. I know he's going to do it at one point. He's going to fucking yeet that with a remembered and hope for the best. That's <sighs> all right. That's all right. Man, I just, I'm talking about it now. I want to go in again. <laughs> like, that's weird. I, I really did think I would want, I would be like, fuck it, I beat it. Good. Fuck off. But I want to do it again. I want to, I want to beat it for more people. This is content now that I think about it that would be really good to do on other jobs. I just get the left hand side. Age. Yeah, I don't just, raid on White Mage. Yeah, just get the left-hand side elemental gear and you can do all of it. That will be really, really fun to do. 
Yeah. Because I it's mean, not difficult. The healing checks aren't difficult. The mechanic checks aren't difficult. Knowing the ins and outs of your jobs aren't required. But there's no weekly lockouts on loot to prevent you from maybe being geared enough to do it. It's literally just a grind for loot kind of thing. No daily caps, even no instance by instance caps. You can literally. Oh, another thing we didn't talk about for that support party, by the way, is them not being able to get the earlier loot. Mm. That's another thing. Uh, so we mentioned the eight, I was we were talking about getting loot and progression just now. It reminded me that support group that comes in late. They can't apparently they can't pick up the chests. That's a terrible idea to let them do that because then you get people zoning in, yeah. taking the loot. See ya. I guess it's it depends because again this is different for us again than it is for everyone else. Yeah. Um, because like we are asking a group to sit out and be the support group for them. I'd love if they could get it, but like when you're thinking about pugs. Then it all of a sudden it's questionable if you really want because they. It, I think it wouldn't be as big a deal if again the outside bosses gave fragments. Yeah, completely. I I think that again I think that actually you know it eliminates that. But that is a current concern with the design for support groups, uh, specifically for premates. So I, yeah, you're right. That actually won't be that much an issue if they do anything we've suggested thus far. Yeah. So. Uh, yeah. I do not want to incentivize portal thieves. Yeah. And I have seen a lot of people go, yeah, chat's bringing this up. I mean, I did a fragment run today where you had a ton of first-timers. They're just teaching a ton of first-timers how to do it. There was a lot of people who didn't get to make it past the first or second boss. But we did manage to teach a lot of people. Um, mm. And it's good. And I, that's going to really be what this content kind of relies on, is good people. You know, teaching people who haven't done it yet. So I hope that that continues. I hope these Discord groups do well, weekly runs. Listen, if Revival Wings can be a thing, and I'm not a big fan of the previous map for Rival Wings when Revival Wings was made, if they can, you know, if they've been able to orchestrate that week by week, I don't see if there's any reason why people can't orchestrate Hidato stuff week by week. Yeah. Personally. What's that Everyone face force What's that face force slide? Come on. Come on, slide. I don't know. I just, I just don't have... I just don't have faith in people. <laughs> <laughs> but none of us did. None of us did, Sly. <laughs> I'm pretty sure even like, with they, all of us they, knowing... They with an open heart and an open mind, but I just don't have faith in people. <laughs> like, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty sure, like, throughout the weeks, yeah, sure. Maybe. Yeah. I hope, because I want more people to enjoy this. It was thrilling. I think a lot of people, when they clear it for their first time... Um, Larry, who again joined us for our second clear today, was his first time clearing it all the way through on his own. Um, you know, he's been talking about how he really enjoyed it, and he, he got to understand it and see that perspective a lot. He even said it right there, this alone redeemed Eureka for me. I just don't think it needs to be behind Eureka. I, I, think, I don't think those two types of content mix, but uh, at the same time, breaking the rules and having a, a, a separate zone. I just think that going through four zones to get to, to, get to this at the end is not the right design choice. You need like more than one public dungeon <laughs> as Eureka's are releasing and shit. I don't know if you feel the You're same right. way, Sphia. Sphia's even like even an encounter, like a single boss that you can enter and do. Uh something to show that there's light at the end of the tunnel, more or less. Because nobody had any idea what type of experience we'd get once we were done with Eureka. And what it turned out to be was amazing. And I'm so glad that I did Eureka, even though I fucking hated it at times. But if people saw how, and, and in the future they will know that, you know, Public Dungeon is incredible. Let's do this slog to get there. Then it's okay. But it's just unfortunate for the people who are not there now. 
Guys, just be willing to go into one or two boss runs to get enough Eureka gear until more people are comfortable with AV, which was also a fucking hilarious design. It's like, you don't know how AV is spawned, do you? No. Man, is that bullshit. <laughs> hilarious bullshit, but it's bullshit. I don't even think you could guess how the fuck you do it. You need to walk into, there's six different rooms, all with trash in them. One of them's got a secret portal you got to discover with a precision logos action. You got to go into that portal. Then there's six more rooms in that portal. You need to send a party into each of them, kill the mobs that are inside so you can open the door after it closes on you, which then simultaneously spawns an NM outside that must be killed in order to weaken absolute virtue so he's killable. And before that, people will just walk up to AV and just die. Slice <laughs> so putting the pieces together. I'm mapping this shit out. <laughs> so, do you want me to give it to you in, in simpler terms? Right? No, we no, had to no, use no, a no, scanner no. to find a hidden portal mm -hmm. in a room to take us to an identical floor in another dimension, which, when you go into, all the rooms have buttons to stand on, which triggers something to spawn outside. The instance which <laughs> needs to be killed, which replaces the boss with a weaker version. I think they they hit Final Fantasy XI's AV pretty much right on the head yeah. with this one. If you, if it's you don't so know simple what... though, how did we not get it straight away? <laughs> how did we not see this immediately? Right, we walk in, and we pull the boss. Oh, we're meant to go to the portal to take us to a different dimension to you know overlap with the one that we're in now and go into the Umbral tier and then back into the Astral. So obvious, so so obvious. Yeah, right over there, sir. What do you What do you got? What do you got? What do you got right there? <laughs> yeah. What is that? Are you pouring yourself another beer? Yes, I am. <laughs> it was a lot of fun, though, Sly. Hooray! You know what's funny in Final Fantasy Eleven? It wasn't. It was still pretty weird how you actually weakened him in Eleven because you did have to weaken him in Eleven, and oddly enough, it was with killing sharks, the same exact type of mob. But in 11, people f made rumors on how to do it, and this basically took those rumors and made them reality on top of the actual things that weakened him. So, like, in 11, people thought you had to use Evan panels, which were locked away in the Garden of Brumette, which, by the way, is the name of the background track that it uses for the actual Hydatos uh, dungeon from Final Fantasy 11. Um, you had to go to those panels, press them simultaneously while si well, simultaneously killing the various jailers at the same... People made up all sorts of random bullshit like this for Absolute Virtue, and it just came down to you had to use an ability at the same time as him. We were... We looked at the six... I remember that. There's a bunch of towers on the outside. There's, like, a bunch of, like, like little, like, lasers that, like, protect the tower. We, we at one point, thought we're gonna need people on the outside to activate those fucking things. We also thought that you needed to use the abilities that he used while he was casting them before he was, you know, not unkillable. When he was unkillable. Yeah, it was... Yeah, when he was unkillable still. We thought we had we... to use, like, Indom when he used Invincible and, like, Elder when he used Chain Spell and shit like that. So we were, we were ready to go there, but no, they made it way easier. Oh man, benediction, hologram, and shit. Yeah, it was. Uh, oh boy, it was a good time. I'm. I need. I need. Need alcohol too.
thinking about it badly. Okay. Um, I think we've hit on most of the points other than, I guess, talking about directly the rewards from being in there. Uh, there's an Absolute Virtue minion. There's a Samurai Zantetsuken, a Dark Knight Zantetsuken. Upgrades for the 405 and 390, armor and weapons. And uh, claws and seals for Kirin's Osodes, Vermilion Cloaks, and Orchestrian Roll. And, of course, if you're alive at the end of all that, the Ozma Mount. So do we think there needs to be any adjustments to the reward structure for this? I think no. I think everything there is Eureka exclusive except for the mount. And that's really cool. Like they're all relevant to to Eureka, should I say. Um, yeah, there's a couple of glamour pieces which are functionally, it's glamour pieces, right? You get those, they're everywhere. It's in the same like exclusive content like this is, there are map stuff, there's whatever. But anything that actually contributes to your character in terms of gear progression is only tied to Eureka. And I like that. Uh, and the mount is incredible. Best mount in the game. Hands down. I like it on the ground better than in the... I like the transformations when it goes air mm. or underwater, but I think it looks best on the ground. I just change all the time. I'm just bouncing <laughs> off and on and off and on and underwater. Yeah, it's all I do now. I'm going to adjust my headset battery because I forgot to swap it before. Shout out to Steel Series, so I don't have to actually <laughs> so I don't have to actually like plug it in or anything. Bam. Done. I can hear everyone again. Donezo. Yeah. Uh I think again they should go a little crazier with the Eureka stuff in terms of the effects on the armor, but other than that, um I was mostly okay with the way this works, mostly cuz you get a cloth and a seal guaranteed at the end of it all. And uh well, Let's just say that the uh, I'm going to save them for when the auction house is a little more barren. <laughs> or your Sindelf and Mrs. Zero on both of no, them. That, I thought that was Matt. Oh, did Sindelf no, do it too? Sindelf. He did it. He did it with both of them, both the cloth and the seal. He dropped a zero. See, Matt did it on our first kill yesterday. I didn't know Sindelf did it as well. <laughs> yeah. God bless the people who looked at the auction house that day then. God damn. Yeah. Uh, but uh, I think we've, we've exhausted at least the majority of our emotions towards that. Most of the feedback. Um, is there anything else you had questions about for that slide? Oh, there is one other thing. I just thought about Sly. Use your words. Sly, remember how we talked about the branching story paths? Yeah. There's more mm -hmm. story after you beat the Baldessian Arsenal. You get the true ending for your path. There can only be one true ending. <laughs> well, that's just where I mean the payoff isn't too high because they're very similar. Yeah. Like, uh, like, technically a different thing happens in each of them, but the end result is approximately the same. That's the okay. most I can say without saying exactly what happens. Uh, but I have seen okay. both endings at this point. But it was weird to see them put story behind this. Even if it's not a super big portion of story, it's still story. You know what? I want to reserve my thoughts because I was really about to say something. you know, And this is something we brought up so many times and it gets brought up 
in, in terms of casual versus hardcore and yada yada yada. I don't want to judge until I actually have been. So I'm going to reserve judgment. I'm going to reserve judgment. All right. That's fine. That's fine. Yeah, go in. Try it. Have a good time. Uh, try to find the Primal Discord. I know they're running tonight. And if you ever want to run, I'm sh- I don't know how if it's public or if it's too uh, or if it's too populated and they're trying to get kills first. Uh, I don't know what the status is on it. Um, but if they're oh, no, open... I have nothing but time. I'm good. Uh, get kills, please. Do do you, boo boo, please. Yeah. So uh, yeah, I would highly recommend giving it a shot, especially in one of those giant uh, pre-made groups because it'll be a way better experience than literally going into a zone and praying for the best which i saw happen earlier in one of the instances i was in just full pug they did get to the second boss uh i don't think it had much success after <laughs> that experience is just going to get better and better though yeah. with time and with more exposure with time and more, more exposure and more gear more everything yeah yeah so uh with that gentlemen I think we can finally wrap up the show. One about a little bit over two hours here, but I suspected that with Svea and I's week and the way that it went. Um, so if there's nothing else to say, then uh, let's do our sign-offs. Svea, Good. you are our guest. You will go oh, do first. I start? Yeah, you're going to start. All right. Well, uh, thanks for watching, guys, and thanks for having me, especially uh, you two. Uh, what am I supposed to say here? Just shout out to... Whoever. And yeah, whatever you want. Anything Anyone? else you got going on? Your stream? Any other events you're doing? I know you're on another podcast tomorrow. So. All oh, right. Yeah, you can catch Good me tomorrow. Show. I'm on uh, Frosty's Mug Talk. Uh, that's happening 2 p.m. Eastern. It'd probably be a good idea if you figured out when it was. Time, huh? let, me, let me look at that it's real a, quick. I'm glad that this is part of our show now. I think it's 2 p.m. Pacific. Unless you know uh, 1 p.m. Eastern. Oh, wow. You're going really early tomorrow. Damn. That's really early. 1 p.m. Eastern. 1 p.m. Eastern. All right. So we're going 1 no, p.m. Now Eastern. Layla, no, Lail is getting it wrong. At 1 p.m. Pacific. I was right. He does do it. 1 p.m. Pacific. Pacific. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I'm, looking at I'm pretty week. sure that's right. 1 p.m. Pacific. Oh, my God. I'll be there at that time, whatever that is in my time. Um, other than that, you can check out my Twitter at FFSphere or my Twitch which is Sphere P. Yes, if I A P. Thank you, Sphere. Oh, wait, for... oh, wait, real quickly, more. just a shout out to my FC, uh, all the organizers who helped us out. Perez, massive shout out, Layla as well. Uh, and to the enormous community that came behind us to uh, get this done. Not just the 56 and party, but the dozens and dozens others who were zoning in and out helping us out. It was incredible, really incredible. Thank you again, Svia, for joining us. Very last minute, again, with 20 minutes heads up, he went and got food and said, I'm there. And we appreciate that, says, since uh, our Aussie had strep. So, uh, Sly, you know how to, how this goes. You've been here before. Where can they find you at? What are you up to? I'm not going into the Arsenal anytime soon. I know that's yeah, what going I'm going tonight, Sly. Come on. No, no, no. Well, hi. I'm Sly. Nice to meet you. You can find me at twitch.tv slash Sly, aka Gray Fox. You can find me at Instagram at Sly, aka Gray Fox 07. You can find me at Twitter at Sly the Fox, YouTube.com slash the Velvet Room. I, I just need Jesus. All right. Just need Jesus. 
Yeah. Listen, I, I don't. I think Jesus might have a bit of a problem with the people debuffing there too. So I don't know how much you really want. I don't know how much Jesus is going to help you, but that's that's a, that's a thing at the very least. It's something. It's Jesus. Um, but yeah, like really nothing new going on. Um, although we did, even though I was on front page what last week, yeah, Saturday, last, yeah, last, last Saturday, uh, I did a. I did get it cemented again for the release of SRWT, aka Super Robot Wars T. So we're going to animate front page up again. Looking forward. You're going robot-y. You're going not like you're going. You're going very, very anime robot. I suppose I didn't see you hopping on that God Eater three action. Everybody says that. Like, I feel like that's going to be a not real. I. I always call it guilty pleasure game, but it's just shit that I do when I'm not shrimp. So that's what I'm probably going to end up doing. God eater three. Okay. I can respect that. I got, I got that feel. That's me and realm of the mad gods. <laughs> sorry. I like, I like roguelites. I'm sorry. All right. Um, as for me, the last guy on the show, uh, Mr. Abby, one, two, seven, Twitter, Twitch, Facebook, YouTube, Instagram reminder. There will be no show next week. I said it at the start of the show as well. Uh, I'm moving to the San Francisco area. Uh, so not going to really be able to organize that. So Sly, you get the week off and I get a week of not being a hundred percent set up for anything at all. I'm not going to shout that in San. I'm not going to shout the Eureka thing. When I get to San Francisco, that, that much, I know for certain, since I keep seeing the command popping up in my chat, um, other than that, there was one other thing I was going to say, and I totally distracted me from it. Uh, now I can't remember. So it couldn't have been that important. Save so we're done as far as I'm concerned. Also, people pointed out it doesn't say faint. It says fennet in the shout, <sighs> <laughs> which makes it way better. <laughs> way we'll take it. we way will take it better so that's i'm i'm gonna i think that just makes it like almost fold quality but not quite there yet um we do have some things to announce in the near future but we will not be announcing it yet so those are please look forward to it which we are experts at here in final fantasy 14 hi, hi. Exactly. So uh, for that, we will be seeing you two weeks from now. That'll probably be a Tuesday show slide. So if we got that in your calendar and uh, we'll probably have Ethis on that show because there are some more some more implications to talk about. We are probably going to be uh, discussing some of the recent things that have been hot topics. Hrothgar was one thing that we went over today. We kind of want Ethis on the show for talking about that in terms of service. We might talk about a little bit more, um, but we will be discussing a few more things with Ethis on the show next time. And I'll be sure to let him know. So <laughs> I'm just kind of electing him for two shows from now or for two weeks from now. So thank you, everyone. 